Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, everyone, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Instagram, that's at Kilgallen's Pub. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Kilgallen's Pub. Also, follow me on all the platforms, that's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Big thanks to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. As always, you guys are the best. Last week's episode, I want to uh, apologize for how dark I got toward the end, but I'm doing okay, everybody. I'm here for you. We're going to keep podcasting, keeping this train going. And um, a big shout-out to uh, the sponsor of this week. That is Zany's Comedy Club, everyone. The legendary Zany's Comedy Club will be hosting a competition sponsored by Blue Chew. Everyone, that's the stuff where you chew on it and it makes your dick go, what's up? They'll be on November 9th, 24 comedians, 24 of the best comedians in Chicago, which means they are the best comedians in the damn country of the United States of America, of course. We'll be competing to be one of six finalists for a chance to win over $2,500 in cash prizes. Get your tickets to the preliminaries. That's all hard word for a guy like me on november 9th that's right that's three shows 7 p.m 9 p.m 11 15 p.m tickets are 25 dollars at zanies.com follow them on instagram for updates at zanies chicago i'll be at zanies that whole week starting the november 4th through the november 9th 10th weekend i don't know the exact dates but zanies.com to check out your guy joe kill gallon that blue chew i've heard good stuff about so that's a nice sponsor even if you're uh, a man that's fully strong in the pants game like someone who might be talking right now that blue chews just it's like hey let's let's tighten it up a little bit let's have some fun you know what i mean things are good without it but things are could be even better with it so definitely check out that blue chew i don't know why i'm giving them all the extra i'm only getting paid by zanies to do this i'm not getting paid i'm doing this out of love what am i saying here everybody what am i saying today's podcast is gonna be a fun one i am recording over the phone with a very funny Los Angeles-based comedian, Mike Bryanstein, a dude who I met and helped me out a lot when I was starting out here in Chicago. Guy's hilarious. He's been on Comedy Central. He's been on a shitload of national commercials that you may recognize him from. He was a Carfax guy. He was a dude on top of a roof in Dunkin' Donuts sweating his balls off. And um, he's hilarious. Um, he has an album that you can listen to on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, all of them, called The Hungry Wolf Hunts Best. And uh, he's also uh, my partner on another podcast I do called Comedians Talking Baseball. We don't talk baseball on this one. This one is probably one of the most political ones we ever did, but we also talk about some fun, silly shit. We bounce around as you do in the pub. And it's a really good listen. Um, he's got a podcast that I can't recommend enough. It's called Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. And it's basically he interviews people about their favorite things, whatever they're kind of like an expert in or what their passion is. And I'm the very first episode in which we talk baseball. But he's got, he had Tom Arnold on an episode. He had great comedians like Kyle Kinane and Matt Brauner. And who else is he? He's had a lot of big, uh, Tom Segura. So some big, big names right there. I feel like I pronounced his name wrong. Tom Segura, Segura, Tom Sigourney Weaver. I don't fucking know what I'm saying, everybody. But you should definitely check out Hunk with Mike Bridenstein. And uh, what else do I want to tell you guys? Uh, thanks to the YouTube subscribers. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate you. I, I, took, I posted a video and then removed it three days later because the audio quality did suck. I thought we could fix up the audio, but it was bad. And a lot of people were commenting, going, hey, this sucks, man. We want to hear, we can't barely hear you. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you have to jack it up a little bit. And that was enough for where I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want it up. I'm going to take it down. I'm going to re-record that joke. Because that was from a set I did at the Hollywood Improv a couple years ago that I came across because I'm looking through old footage right now. And I go, you know what? I'm just going to re-record the joke with good audio and then put it back out there. And hopefully everyone's like, ah, see? I can hear you now. Therefore, the joke is good. Wonderful job, Joseph. Keep it going. 
So yeah, let's keep it all going. Let's keep all the momentum going. Um, we kind of just jump right into it, me and Brida, so that's what I'm going to cut to right now. Again, thanks everyone for listening to Killgowns Pub. Tell your friends. Cheers. Buddy, the podcast has truly begun. Yes. Yes, this is Killgowns Pub, everybody. The podcast where I, Joe Killgown, like to drink with people and, you know, recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. Now, my guest today is my co-host on my other podcast called Comedians Talking Baseball, which is a podcast that I've unfortunately, I have to admit, have neglected somewhat this baseball season. It's hard to do because we do it over the phone. And like this podcast right now you're listening to, yeah. also over the phone. And I feel like if we were in the same city, I would have to be like, no, babe, to my wife. I have to <laughs> every Thursday at two o'clock, we meet to do this. So you got to figure it out where it's, um, and even when I had one child, because I have two sons, everyone knows that. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that. When one naps, I was able to do the podcast with you. Problem that I have now, though, is the little one who just turned six months doesn't really have a nap schedule. We're trying to get him on one. It's a little difficult at that age. Mm-hmm. So I've had it where I'm like, all right, maybe I can podcast with Brido right now. I'll call him up. I'll see if, hey, you're available. Let's, let's get this done. We can get an hour, hour and a half in. A good baseball talk. Good, funny, informative baseball talk, which is what we try to do. Yeah. And then I'll hear the kid crying over the monitor. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, like, I love him. I, he's, he's awesome. He's a happy baby. But I just, I don't have him on any kind of time schedule. And sometimes he only sleeps if he, like, for napping, I'm talking about, is when he lays on me. So he's on me napping, and I can get him down for a couple hours. But if I were to talk, he would wake up, and you can't podcast that way. I can't believe this kid doesn't want to hear your boy Brido scream about wins above replacement, weighted on base average. Things, things, fielding independent pitching. Yeah, all those great stats. I mean, he, he will eventually, or he won't be my son. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've thought about that, where if you were to come out like, Dad, I'm homosexual, I'd be like, well, I love you and I stand by you. Dad, I'm just not into baseball. Well, there's the fucking door, kid. There's the door, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's what I think it's going to go down like. But uh, well, I think he likes sports already, because... <clears throat> I had him watching the World Series with me a couple of days ago, and he looked like he was like really staring at the TV, like I'm into this. But then again, he's so young, he might be like, "Oh, those are colorful lights. I'm into those." You know? <laughs> yeah, I've seen kids at stadiums, and very few of them are into the game. Yeah, you know, I have a joke. Everyone on my album slash special, which you could watch on YouTube, and uh, in which I talk about how oh they I, have oh I hope so about how I hate it when they say, oh, you catch a foul ball, give it to a kid. I don't like that. Because, Brad, have you ever caught a foul ball? No. So if you catch one, what are you going to do with it? I'm, I'm keeping it. Yeah, because it's something you dreamed about your whole life. Am I correct? I was a kid once. No one handed me a ball my whole fucking life. Exactly. That's like my point of the thing. I've sat next to somebody who caught a foul ball. Did they hand it to me, a child? No. They fucking kept it. And you're still a baseball fan your whole life. It's yeah. this notion that if you give the kid a ball, you just made a fan for life. I guarantee there are people out there right now who got a foul ball when they were nine and could give a fuck about baseball today. Oh, sure. I would like to find those kids, interview them, ask them what went wrong. What happened from nine to 27, you know? Yeah. When did your life go shit? Yeah. <laughs> Did your stepfather take that ball and beat the shit out of you with it when you got home? Yeah. I don't know why that makes me laugh. That's horrible. That's child abuse, but it's kind of a funny scenario in a weird way, too. <laughs> yeah. 
as a fellow comedian, Brido. Yes. I'm shifting gears a little bit because I'm sure we'll pepper baseball and throughout. Have you noticed that? I, I want to say this. Um, punching down sure. is not my preferred method of comedy whatsoever. Don't like it. Don't do it. But I've thought about there's a difference between punching down and just straight up inappropriate comedy. Now, there are some things that I will be like, damn, that's inappropriate. But fuck, that's hilarious, too. Right. Um, because a lot of comedy comes from uh, wanting to say things that are naughty. Yes. It's sitting in the back of the class, making like someone else laugh. It's saying things that you... Being naughty entails a lot of things. That are saying things that like you and the other person you're talking to both know this is inappropriate behavior in any scenario, which adds to why it's funny. It's an, yes. it's an understood thing for a lot of people that if you kind of whisper something hugely offensive to another person within the boundaries of this agreement that we've all made, that it's funny. And an example of that that everyone can understand is a roast. In a roast, there are different rules than even comedy that we've all agreed it's funny to be mean right here, right now in this Thunderdome. So go for it. Now, the the problem that we have now is probably the difference in opinion on that style of humor. Like, uh, in my head, when you said earlier, like, if my son like came out as like gay, I'd be fine with it. But if he said he didn't like baseball, of course I thought of like 25 inappropriate things in my head right then. I kept it to myself. (laughs) If, if we weren't being recorded and it was just me and you, I might like put my hand to the side of my mouth and whisper or say something out of the side of my mouth in a voice to let you know, I'm kidding do you know what I mean? Like, no, I know 100% what you mean. It's, I don't know if that is, but that's not punching down as much as like just laughing about like, wouldn't it be funny if a person said this? Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I think it's just inappropriate, I guess, for the sake of being inappropriate. And, and you're right. There's some kind of agreement that's you lean over and whisper that mean thing or offensive or off color. I like that term. Uh, mm-hmm. thing towards someone that you know understands where you're coming from. Yeah, if the audience doesn't know you, it's a hugely different thing. Yes. It's, it's um, the, the agreement that you have with your friends is, is no longer there. Yes. So like on a, on a podcast, if someone listens to your podcast or whatever, you have an audience. You, you know, the listeners of Kilgallen's Pub have a certain understanding of who you are, what are in bounds and like what you're doing that an audience, like a comedy audience who's new to you might not. Absolutely. I'm glad you, you segue that into a, the podcast world because it did, you know, when that whole, uh, the guy from that got fired from SNL thing went down, I remember thinking to myself, because I was late. I, that, the nice thing about having kids is that I'm late to the game on things. In the sense that by the time I get around to checking what everyone's griping about, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, I'm like hours behind everyone else. 
And I kind of like that because I'm not reacting to the story and then trying to like figure out how to get likes for myself. I'm just kind of seeing what everyone's saying. And then I'm taking that information. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, it's weird because I'm only reacting six hours after the fact, but that's enough to be like, all right, let's look at this through some rational eyes. Now um, I'm okay with SNL firing him for what he said. They had to, they they had had to, to. they're a business. Yes. They're a business. I agree with that. 100%. Um, And, and yeah, and also it's their show. They can do whatever the hell they want. Right. His level of talent and what he brings to advertisers and eyeballs weighed out with what the backlash to that would be was not worth it to them. That guy's a nobody. SNL SNL made him. I mean, it's like the guy doesn't have to go to jail, but he doesn't have to be on SNL either. No. Yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, yeah, that that was so many people have different arguments over this shit and it kills me. I know you and I've probably talked about this in our text group that's titled go Cubs, but we rarely talk about the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a baseball text group that baseball rarely comes in the equation. I mean, maybe once a week we'll actually be like, did you guys see this stat or how about that? Well, in fairness, I like you guys and your takes on things and you don't have like a Cubs important text like every, every day, you know? (laughs) Yeah. You know, the funny thing is we all agree on the same stuff. Essentially. Um, I think we probably disagree on baseball things more than political things, but political things, we have different degrees. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. We're yeah. on the same side, but a couple of us are sitting a little bit further that way. And then a few, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, Everybody. Yes. And that's what I like. Like, um, you like different people than I like. We all listen and, and I try to get you to like read and listen to like the things that I do with politically but it's like we all wanted David Ross to be the Cubs manager. So it's like, where does the conversation go? Yeah, totally. Well, you always try to get me on the one guy, the, your, your, your favorite political writer. Ben that I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I think I've only disliked one article you sent. He will, even save you, it that he will save you so much time. You won't have to pay attention to every little intricate thing in the Ukraine thing. He's, he'll just be like, this is stupid. Yeah, I mean, that's true. He I mean, hates, I like, he hates I, Trump. He hates Trump, so you'll be safe in his hands. You and, But he thinks MSNBC is stupid. No, and, I agree with him on that stuff. That's why I do like him as a writer. I just like to and he's a great you writer because you're such a big fan of his. I am a big fan of his. You, never, you ever like bust someone's chops because they're such a big fan? Like, remember, you're, I remember 2015 and 2016, and most of the regular season of 2016, obviously playoffs, you were rooting against him. But I felt like you were an overwhelmingly huge Kershaw fan. <laughs> Kershaw was pitcher for the Dodgers. So whenever he started to like fade a little bit, or, or not even fade, he's still pretty elite, except for in the playoffs, of course. But he's definitely taken a step back the last two seasons. I would give you a hard time going, oh, your boy Kershaw. I was just doing that to give you shit, just because it's fun. Yes. Do I think Kershaw is the top 10 pitcher? Of all, I don't know if all time, but like he's definitely no, he's not all, not all time, not all time, but he's he's definitely top five of this last decade. That was more about I was going through a kick where I couldn't believe how overrated Sandy Koufax was, and the best comparison at that point was Kershaw, who I was just like, compare the two, and you were like, what about playoffs? And I had no answer to that, but the Koufax's first six seasons are inexcusable. Yeah, no, he's definitely like a Jekyll and Hyde of pitchers. He is, you know, still people love him. He's an icon. 
Of course, he, he, had the, the, he, he ended his career with six of the greatest pitching seasons of all time. Then his fucking arm fell off. I can't fault anybody for thinking that he's the shit. He retired at the age of 30. He's in the Hall of Fame by the time he was my age. Yeah, that's crazy, right? He threw four no-hitters in a five-year period. I'm in the Hall of Fame. I'm 36 years old. That's that's pretty nuts. I'm a big Kofax guy because my dad was a big Kofax guy. And yeah. like in high school, I remember my first uh, like real job when I was 16 years old was working for the Cook County Board of Pension. I was just like a you know filing stuff or whatever. It was a real grunt job that they give to 16 year olds. And I took the Blue Line to work, which is you know for the national listeners a major train in the city of Chicago that Brad was familiar with. And I needed a book, so I remember I went to the Barnes and Noble that was on. What's that? Borders. What's that? Yeah, it's a old ancient. They used to have these like buildings where they sold books on the inside. Crazy. What? I know. Weird. What? <laughs> totally gay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> totally see, gay. <laughs> see, the listeners know I'm kidding with that. Why would reading be gay? Gay means uh, gay means happy now. Yeah, you were happy. Honestly, I I loved it because I would listen to like headphones. You could listen to, like music because Barnes and Noble also had music, you know. And um, what? I'm a, yeah, they had these headphone things where you could like sample music, which was also sold in stores back then. What? Yeah, there was a Tower Records like two blocks away. This was 2001 or 2002. It was a Tower? A, yeah, a Tower of Records. Or was it a Coconuts? There was Coconuts Records too. Coconuts, okay. Yeah, but it was on State Street though, the bookstore. But I remember buying it like on my lunch break, first day on the job, because I had an hour for lunch and I ate. Like, I don't know what I had for lunch, but I ate it in like four minutes and then I just like wandered around downtown and I, I bought a Sandy Koufax biography, which I still have. It's uh, in my house somewhere. And Who, it would be a quick read. Who's your dad's favorite player? Uh, of all time, I think it's Billy Williams, but Koufax is probably his favorite pitcher. Wow. Not Fergie, huh? Uh, Fergie, probably. I don't know if I asked him, he'd probably say Fergie because it's a cub, but I remember him just, he would always go on and on about Koufax and Drysdale. And I thought about it in 1964, 63, 64, 65 when those two were like the most powerful duo in pitching history, uh, they, uh, that was like when my dad was 10, 11, 12 years old. So that was like the time in which you're like really into baseball as a kid, especially baseball in the sixties in America, it was baseball. Right. The second most popular sport in America was in the sixties. Boxing. Yes. It's baseball and boxing. Do you know what used to be third? Like in America, like that, like your grandfather, let's say his generation was horse racing. Oh, yeah. Horse racing was huge. So many of our sayings that we have just in everyday life are horse racing sayings. Yeah, the whole um, an upset is from horse racing. It was the name of a horse that was wasn't supposed to win. Yeah, so he yeah. pulled an upset. Yeah. It's like Tommy John surgery. When people find out there's a real guy, they'd be like, what? Yeah, God, that replaces what the unilateral uh, ligament. I don't know. I don't know medical terms, everybody. You don't listen to this podcast for medical terms, so don't make fun of me for that one. <laughs> I don't know it. Yeah, what other horse racing terms are there? Uh, move bitch? Is that one? Uh, yeah. Um, I think move bitch well, is one. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of political things are front runner. Oh, yeah, the front runner. That's a good call. Oh, Bringing up I the rear. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I don't. I have. I should have my computer in front of me. I normally do. Actually, I don't when I do this podcast. What am I talking about? I normally go live, uh, but it's actually nice not to be in a studio. I'm, I'm all, on my couch, all comfy. When people say "best hands down," that is a person who's no longer raring on the things. They they won the race, uh, not even having to 
say giddy up and pull on the reins, they the the horse wins with the jockey's hands down. Oh, cool. Uh across did I say across the board? Um best across the board, like yeah, there's all kinds. The there's board all of like the winners. Kinds. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. one. Oh no, I just lost it. It was in my head, but now it's gone. Oh, <laughs> oh, stud. Yeah. The term stud. Absolutely. Refers to I mean, horses because if you put you if you put a horse out to stud, that means they're gonna retire from racing and just bang a bunch of fillies, which is well, maybe gotta, the sweetest retirement ever. We don't call women fillies though, and we really should. Yeah. I don't we should poll women and think I'll make a Twitter poll to see hey ladies, what do we feel about fillies? It's gotta be better than broad, right? Can I call you a filly? <laughs> Sweet well, game. If it, if it makes sense that uh, uh ch- champing at the bit. Because you know how people say chomping and it's really champing. Uh, Is it really champing? <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the. It drives people crazy that everybody says that guy's really chomping at the bit. It's it's a champing. Remember on our podcast, our beautiful baseball podcast, when I said that he beamed him, and you were like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." Did you say beam like B E A M? I'm like, yeah. You're like, dude, it's bean. He got beamed like a bean, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. For some reason, I thought it was he got beamed like a like a laser beam hit him. Right, a lot of people think that. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I guess, you know. But now, I mean, I had to learn at some point. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I always give myself or give people, there's like a term for it. I think it's like a gap of knowledge when you're just not aware of something. Wait a minute. Did we say that that's when you hit somebody in the head and no one can misconstrue that as some sort of uh, racial term? Is that what we talked about when we brought it up? <laughs> oh, yeah, because bean, beaner. Yeah, I get it. I get that now. That's why I brought up. That guy Shane Gillis, like from SNL, because I wanted to get into some racial talk. No, I'm kidding. I I don't know what that what the sense of humor is on that show. If there was some sort of context that was taken out of, I heard there was context, and he when he was saying that like that. Here's the thing: that clip. Now again, I don't know Shane Gillis at all. Never it met was, him. It, it looked pretty fucking terrible. It did. No, it did, and it wasn't funny. So it was you could as a uh, there are comedians who I know that would normally be like, "Oh, screw anyone for trying to get someone fired. I'm going to take their sentiment matter what." But even they were like, "Ah, I mean, it wasn't funny, and it wasn't a joke, so it's hard for me as a comic to say, like, I got his back and he can say whatever he want." But my my gripe, I guess, is that is are people going to start combing through podcasts? Like, if if you listen to a podcast for the like, if you listen to some random episode of a podcast and you don't know the podcast, and you're looking for things, you're going to find stuff. Even from podcasts that people love. You like that El Chapo podcast a lot. I'm sure if I listen to some random middle episode, I might be able to be like, oh, when he made this joke, he clearly is against this. When really it's like, now they've built up a rapport with their audience. No, and I talked about that Shane Gills kid on on my podcast, and someone commented that I sounded like an idiot, and that... Uh, if they wanted to take what I said and misconstrue it, they could. And I just wrote back, fair. I guess it is fair, but I, I just think there should be, as, as much as culture is getting to a point where we're more self-aware, I don't, like, I don't like using the term woke, but self-aware. The reason I don't like using the term woke is because a very funny friend of mine brought it to my attention that it implies that you've been asleep. So these people are running around going, I'm woke, I'm woke. And it's like, oh, really, dipshit, did you just learn about racism? Really? How stupid were you these last few decades <laughs> where you're just now aware of some horrible problems that exist in society? Um, and it's just a term that people throw around so usely. They use it as a badge, I'm woke, when it's really, I don't know. Like, like the dudes who say I'm a male feminist, after a while you're like, I don't trust you. 
you're you're a guy that's gonna finger someone while they sleep, aren't you? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, I I don't know what to say about that. Whatever yeah, sorry, I know I bounced saying. around right there. No, I yeah, I think that woke now it's like a term. F- I don't even know if like people who are woke use that. They don't. Term. They shouldn't. Yeah, like, it's, I just mean it's suspicious. I always get weary of people who feel like they're going out of their way to prove they're one of the good ones. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta, they want to show people what side they're on yeah. all the time, constantly. This conversation came up recently. I don't think you, I've ever talked about it with you. Um, you know, it was with a bunch of comedians and we were talking about um, this time. This was after you left the Chicago comedy scene. I want to say 2010. Danny Kels and I, uh, dude, guys, listeners, Danny Kels is a comic I brought up a bunch. Really funny dude. I haven't got him on the podcast yet because he's a bitch. But um, Is that true? He hasn't been on? No, I've tried to get him on a million times. He just He's oh, taken man. a sabbatical from stand-up, so I feel like a podcast is part of that world. And he just, you know, hasn't uh, jumped on board with doing my podcast, which is a bummer. I was, talk- great. I was talking with Kara Clank, who runs like a really popular show in New York. She's married to Jared Logan. I love Kara. I saw she was at the all-female bachelorette party that I was at. First of all, yes. all bachelor parties are all female. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but she was at the bachelor party that I was on. <laughs> and or at. I remember, I remember one time she was like, "Who's still in Chicago besides Danny Callis?" I remember that she said that. And I was like, "Danny Callis, wow." Yeah, I mean, he's like Chicago mayor of comedy. I, I call him the Godfather of Chicago comedy, but he's still producing comedians you should know, which is you know still the gold standard for I think all shows in the country of how great an independent show is now that meltdown and, and knitting factory are kind of the same. Well, meltdown's gone in LA. Everyone, I'm doing a lot of comedy inside stuff. And I, I try to remember that my listeners are mostly not comedians. Just so everyone knows meltdown was like the premier show in LA. And I would have to give it the edge because it was hosted by super famous people or not super famous. Well, one super famous Kumail and uh, Jonah Ray, who's a funny guy too. So I would say that was probably the best independent show in the country. But now that that's gone, I have to say Community Chanel in Chicago is the best independent show in the country. And I would imagine that most comedians would probably have my back on that, whether they're New York, Chicago, or L.A. I, I think that CYSK is up there. I don't. Have you been to the Virgil since it started popping? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I did a couple shows there when I was an L.A. resident. I know Hot Tub's fantastic. It's up hot there. Tub is, hot Tub is booming. Yeah, I mean... I, I like that space a lot. There's there's definitely some really great shows in L.A. Um, but I still think I'd have to give Comedians Show the edge, though. It's I just, mean, uh, in terms of getting a, a good crowd for non-famous comics, I mean, hence the name of the people yeah, or the name of the Chanel, show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be I really mean, funny yeah. if famous people were in a show called Comedians Should Know. It's like, okay, <laughs> we know. Comedians You Should Know slash idiot. Yeah. Or uh, comma idiot. Yeah, totally. It's the economy, stupid. Ah, uh, James Corville, everybody. There's a political reference for you. <laughs> there you or go. James Carville, I should say. Yeah. All right. So I brought up Danny because um, I, was, I think I was, I was talking about how uh, we're going back to like the whole thing of being genuine about how the people who like run, go out of the way to say they're woke, I just don't trust, and and it reads bad to a lot of people. Like if you're truly one of the good ones, you don't run around saying I'm one of the good ones. So I'll give an example, <laughs> right? I'll give yeah. an example about how uh, Brian Babylon is a really funny comic. Everybody, he hosted a show down on the South Side at this now now no longer existing club called Jokes and Notes, which was like the premier um, South Side room. 
and it was a bunch of Northside comics he brought down, kind of like a Northside, Southside thing. Now, for those of you listening around the country, around the globe, Chicago... Segregated. Segregated as hell. Exactly, Brido. And the North Side is super white. and um, it's, it's me and Joe. Yes, it's us. And then the South Side um, has white neighborhoods too, but also a lot of black neighborhoods. There's really not... Uh, maybe one black neighborhood on the North Side, but the South Side or where... Uh, Rogers Park? Yeah, there's that stretch of Rogers Park that you could consider would be maybe a little over 50% black, maybe. That part of like where uptown is Rogers Park. I haven't lived there in 12 years. Is uh, my neighborhood still good? Yes, your neighborhood is still very, very expensive um, and very good. Although that Southport Corridor, a lot of bars that were really cool, like closed down. It sucks. And there's, it got so expensive that the bars were just like, well, this isn't worth it. Because they kept raising mm-hmm. their rents. All the bars they were leasing. It's a real weird thing going on in Chicago where a lot of the, the bars that were leasing in like those super trendy neighborhoods like Lincoln Park, uh, Wrigleyville, Lakeview, um, Old Town, the rents have just gotten so high that the business owner were like, well, screw it. It was fun while it lasted. Um, and, and now other bars are like, it's too much of a risk. So they're not even filling in. So now it's like high-end clothing boutiques I see. It's like weird. I don't know. I don't like what they're doing. Um, and the neighborhood looks too new. I don't like neighborhoods where every building looks brand new. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind some. None of that. But you want none of character. that. Uh, I'm just glad LA is completely different than that. We're a very cheap town. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me get to this point here. Um, <laughs> well, what did Danny say? No, well, it wasn't Danny. I was saying me and Danny were the only comics that did well on the show. We were the only white Northside comics that did, that killed. And everyone else, including people you and I know, uh, all ate shit. And someone came up to me afterwards and was like, you were the only two that looked like if you brought up race, you wouldn't look at us and be like, hey, dude, here's what I mean. And like, you don't have to like, oh, that's funny. You know, you know what I mean? Like they were kind of saying um, whenever like white comics do this room, they try to they either pander by being like, hey, white people suck. I get it. Or they like kiss our ass too much, you know, but you guys just did your acts. And even when you reference race, you did it in a way where it's like you didn't go out of the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'd be like, hey, we're one of the good ones. I swear to God. You know what I mean? Like that shit. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. I would hate that too. If um if I felt like people were pandering to me and trying to kiss my ass. Because it wouldn't feel like, oh, you don't really think I'm an equal then, you know? Yeah, I could always do uh more much more racially edgy jokes in Chicago if if a black audience was there. And then I would preface it by saying do you want to see a room f- filled with white people get real weird right now? And they would laugh and then I would do the joke and then you could feel everybody kind of like looking at the black people and at, like at Chuck to be like, uh, what do we do? Yeah, it is weird. I've noticed. Um, now I do a thing now when I have any jokes that talk about race, I want to, I, there's a room in Chicago now. I wish you were, Next time you're in town, I, I hope you're here for a Tuesday. You could do it. It's called the House of Blues. Have you heard of the House of Blues? Of course, but I mean, it's called Comedy Cocktail at the House of Blues. By the way, I just found like a real more on there. It's called the House of Blues. Have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they, they do comedy there on Tuesday nights in the Foundation Room, and it is like the most diverse room, not only in Chicago but like maybe even in the country. And there are times where the room is like 75% black, 25% white, and it's sweet because I could test out material and if it kills there i know it's legitly good but yeah. every now and then i'll do a joke um that's about race or about something in society a, a social um, commentary joke and it'll kill there and then i'll go do it in front of an all-white room and eat shit 
And I want to be like, you fucks. You know what I mean? Like, you little, you fucking cowards. You there's, know? there's some pressure on white people to prove, you know, I mean, just because, like, shitty, shitty white people are loud right now. Yeah, no, dude, I get it, man. I get it. It's just, uh, you don't, you I mean, like you've never, yeah. kills, and then the next night you're doing it in front of the, and you almost want to say, no, I got the green light. The cool people like it. You fucks, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I get it. I understand that. And, um, and you're right, dude. Yeah. The racist, uh, loud white asshole people are, are, um, are loud. They're not as shy as they used to be. They don't feel ashamed. You know, they're, um, out there like, you know, well, yeah, I'm a Nazi and they're honest about it, you know, uh, which I actually kind of prefer though. Don't you want to know who they are? That's the clip that people are going to pull to cancel you. That I'm okay with them being loud. <laughs> there you go. I'm a Nazi. Oh yeah. There we go. <laughs> Just isolate that clip to cancel Joe, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Uh, you know how Nazis, Nazis loved Irish Catholics. Oh yeah, they did for sure. <laughs> they told us uh, they would like to shove the Pope's hat up his ass. That was like a line in some movie where some skinhead said, "Why don't you take the Pope's hat and shove it up your ass?" What was that in? Some but bad I don't know. movie. I don't know. I've seen so many bad movies where they have like white supremacist characters so over the top. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which one it is. Anyway, um, but yeah, man, um, they. I'm bouncing off some topics here with you, but I always. I always like having this conversation with you. So just for everyone knows, we do the baseball podcast together, but I always, the first 15 minutes of our, our me and you catching up on stuff like this. Well, yeah, it's comedians talking baseball. Yeah. So we can't do this, these topics on there, which I'm glad because I want to do the, I want to talk baseball. We're not in a vacuum. Yeah. We're but here. it's also nice to talk to you about this stuff. Uh, what I was going to say though, with, um, with how, with, I just, my whole thing is this. I want to get to the end result. What does the end result look like that we want our society to look like? You know, I was talking about it with some people recently about how, you know, when we had the Oscars so white a few years back. Yeah. I mean, I know I mentioned this on the podcast not that long ago, but I'm interested in your take about it. And I'm sure, I don't know what your take is, but I think you'd probably get where I'm coming from with this. You know, people said, oh, it's all white nominees. That's bad. That's bad. And it's like, all right, yeah, I think there's some, a valid point to that. And then the next year it wasn't, so people were happy. Mm-hmm. But what if the next year it goes back to all white? Are people going to be like, this is racist again? Or Of course they the are. Point where, yeah, but will it ever get to the point where they're like, nah, those are the best five nominees? Um, I'm sure that they would tell you that's how it is now. What people were looking for... I think is representation. That was like the big, which at that point in time was terrible. There weren't, there like legit weren't movies that could have been nominated that year. You know what I mean? So like people were looking for representation, which uh, is important. Yes. That part I agree with. Um, However, I thought that that thing was just like, okay, so if like, why don't you do um, not uh, like not in jail so white or like something that actually helps people? I mean, yeah, something that actually matters. I mean, I know uh, they say like the, the 1% so white. <laughs> I mean, like I, I think representation is important, but I don't think it actually 
at the end of the day, helps anybody's life if, let's say, Kerry Washington is in a movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree I, with you there. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just like a white dude who really can't. So let me give that caveat that I can't really comment on this sort of thing. But I think like what is the end result? As long as as long as people are hyper focused on identity politics, which uh, seems to be almost like a time and place reaction to the Trump thing then it's going to stick around. I personally, just as a person who... Can I cut you off slightly? Yeah. I think, I think the Washington Nationals might have gotten screwed over in a way I've never seen before in my life. I was super distracted while I was talking about that because I was yelling... I, I was watching Dave Martinez yell, that's bullshit, about a play at first base. <laughs> so, well, you kept it together better than I did. Well, they just went to commercial. It sounded it almost... like I was being very careful about my words. So I was like, stop watching the TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why it looks like it should have been second and third. We're both watching the same but thing. But then we're both watching the World Series. Everyone's game six. Give us a break. Uh, we're, we're at the pub. We're at the pub. Come on. I was. That's what I was thinking. Honestly, I was like, this is perfect because if this is a conversation people would be having at a bar, you could have the TV on then, right? Oh, definitely. Um, all right. Well, when this it comes back, I want to go back into that. Oh, basically, basically, okay. Basically, what I was going to tell you was that I think that if people are focused on class, this is going to sound so lame, but I think that it's right because I I think that the history of racism is that it was created by the wealthy to distract the the rabble rousing white people from being mad at them. So it's how the wealthy distract the rest of us from they want us to hate each other instead of hating them. That is yeah, the, the po- people that, with power. Yeah, for sure. That is the point of it. That is the origin of it. That's how they justified their place in society and justified their wealth and justified colonialism and justified like everything that they did to make money. And, every, and if the point of it is to distract from their wealth – then the opposite of it, meaning hyper focus on identity, is also should be then a distraction. I yes. think it, all of it is important. You don't want to just sit there and take like systemic, like societal racism. But if people were just like, hey, I'm poor, you're poor, fuck those people, then maybe you get to a place where the end result doesn't have to be like just constant hyper focus because it's, it's like, um, I, I like know, using man. the word, um, not to cut you off. I like, cause I want to jump on that, that line of thought yeah, or they challenge ahead. the play. Good. Cause the fucking nationals about to get screwed by the Astros who I, I kind of suspect of cheating as it is these Astros. Every team that faces them is like, they're doing something. They're stealing signs. They're spitting what, on the ball. What was the call? There. Well, it looks like they think that Turner interfered with Gary Grill, whatever the fuck his name is again, the first baseman. But the He's... replay shows the dude just straight up missed the fucking ball. Right, because he ran out of – he ran into the grass on his way yeah. to first. Well, yeah, he's, he's going over when you show the replay. And they called him out? Yeah, Turner does not make contact. Yeah, the glove hits him and the ball hits his, like, ass. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. I don't sorry. know. These umps are so stubborn, though. They're gonna fuck the call over. 
And these are Watch, the best. We're about, we're about to see a World Series fuck over right now. Oh, this is going to be like Don Dinkinger in 85. Oh, with the George Brett bat thing? Yeah, it was game six also. And then game seven was a blowout. Yeah, he's in the base. He's running in the baseline. I don't see him doing anything wrong there. Oh, we must have different feeds. I'm delayed. Oh, okay. Did, did he? Did, did the, it looks like the glove just. Am I wrong? Did Turner knock the glove out of his hand? Okay, right there, he steps on the grass. Oh, you and I have a different feed. But then he feed. comes back in. Okay. Oh, I'm... Are you allowed to put your foot on the, in, the infield grass like that, but then come back into play? I'm curious. Um... I don't know. He's, whatever. Well, sorry, everyone. This is not a good podcast. This is not good uh, <laughs> podcasting right now. <laughs> you guys aren't watching what we're watching, so this is really bad for you. All right, back to racism. That's fun. Um, Clark Jones is a funny comedian, black guy, everybody. Um, <clears throat> I commented on Eric Nicole Clark, a uh, funny comedian who's been on the podcast, said about Mr. T's daughter. Uh, she wrote like, she had, like some meme that said, um, black people put something in the microwave and keep putting 30 seconds at a time instead of just putting the thing in for three minutes. And I go, Oh, I do that too. <laughs> like, I didn't know that was like a black thing. And then our Clark Jones commented, he's a good buddy of mine. I've known him for a long time. He commented, Irish people are just black people with badges, <laughs> which if you know your history and I know you're a fan of a people's history of the United States by one Howard Zinn. There is a chapter there where it talked about how Irish immigrants and black former black slaves, recently freed black slaves, were friends. What, chap- then, what chapter is that? It's early on. It's one of the first few, I believe, four or five, I think. I got nothing. Um, I got nothing for you because I've read that book and I don't know what you're talking about. You don't? It, it's in that book. I'm like, I'll, I'll find it for you. Um, okay, find it. How do you? You never heard like. That's how a lot of. I've heard you say that, and I just believe you because uh, you sound so convicted. Well, that's why. That's, that's why one of. Hired, that's one that's of why my they hired Irish books. people to be cops. So they hired Irish people to be cops. Maybe I haven't gotten to that part yet. To the, separate, or you might have skimmed past. It. I don't know. Maybe you got past the whole uh, Columbus sending a letter back to uh, um, Isabella. Spain. Yeah, Queen Isabella saying, "Hey, these people are so nice. They're going to be so easy to enslave." That's a, did people realize that that Christopher Columbus wrote in his journal. That's the first that he, chapter of the book. Yeah, he was going to send a letter back to Spain saying these people are sweethearts. My God, they're going to be easy to enslave. He Grant them paraphrasing wa- a little bit. He was Hitler with sailboats. Yeah, he's a huge piece of shit. Um, that's just how they saw people back then. They were like, oh, they're not. We don't Spain, know them. They're not in our country. Let's let's uh, make them do things for us. Spain killed like ten percent of the world's population. Yeah, no, they weren't great. Not of all of it was on purpose. Uh, what was some of it on? Diseases that spread. Oh yeah, that's true. Because of uh, the immunity. Yeah, people had weak immune systems back then, and you know, no, they just didn't. It, uh, you know, germs, guns, and steel. They uh, they didn't have societies and. And grow up with domesticated, the same domesticated animals, which caused like hyper uh, germs that they that the the Spaniards had immunities to. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but also I figured a lot of it was just getting sick from travel. I, I think about when I remember. Oh, you, oh, right. You, go to, you know, you go to different places, you drink their water, it tastes slightly different than the water you're used to. It's stomach, it's your stomach. Yeah. Back then, a stomach ache led to death. <laughs> That's just how that went. 
You know, they didn't have Tums back then, so they died. <laughs> but when people talk about cultural appropriation, one thing that I always think is funny is that what's more Italian than spaghetti, right? But Italians got noodles from Asia. From the Chinese. And, and, yeah, they got, the Chinese. and they got tomatoes from the New World. They were not fucking tomatoes anywhere else. Yeah, they're, yeah that's right. Tomatoes aren't in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Now they are, but... I remember an Italian woman. I worked at a retirement home when I was in high school, like in the kitchen. So we just serve old people food. And there was a woman from Italy, Antonia. She was the uh, the one chef. And I remember they had spaghetti and corn. I'm like, oh, is this a popular dish back in Italy? She's like, no, we don't have corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, they got fucked. Come on. I think that's a bullshit call. Man, this is going to be a real disaster if they win it tonight. Real disaster. Sorry, everyone. I want to hear this real quick. Go for it. All right. It's a ball that he... Ca- I'm doing a play-by-play, everybody. Turner chops one. Like a swinging bunt. Pitcher catches it. Fires. He's right down the center of the line his last five steps. They must have looked at it and, and the decided... ball arrives the same way. You can't run inside the base path like that at first, though, for a reason. And that's like, probably technically... It maybe it was borderline. It seemed borderline. Oh, you you agree with the ump? No, I I've been paying attention to uh, my podcast, this podcast I'm doing, where I'm okay, saying well, uh, awkward. Oh my god! I think that just took care of some shit, though. Oh, I'm way behind you. Okay. Why wow, someone hit a home run? The most underrated player in baseball just hit a two-run jack. Fuck yeah! I love that guy. I don't like his goatee, though. What are you doing, Anthony man? Rendon. I yeah, need you. Know you I'm behind. I need him to get a Jenny Jones makeover and get more marketable for these fans. He's from Texas. Everybody should like him. Anthony Rendon. He's about to make a trillion dollars. Oh, God, he's going to get big payday. We'll, we'll talk baseball in a little bit. Let me wrap up this because we can't just leave this. We can't keep interrupting this somewhat serious talk. Um, but no, the history of We're it. We're at though, a uh, bar, Joe. We're at a bar. Yeah, no, I bounce around all the time. You're right. But I want to make sure I don't forget. Sometimes I bounce around. I'll listen to the playback, everybody, and be like, oh, shit, we never got back on that fucking topic. Yeah. Oh, we should have gotten back to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, uh, in, that, in that book, though, they talk about how, like, poor people in general would band together. Like, the indentured servants and the sla- and white indentured servants and yes. slaves were friends and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And, yeah, that ball was crushed. And um, that's how, like, a lot of black um, like Americans have Irish last names. A lot I, of people. I can't find that. I've looked for that so many times. I know that like people would band together. Uh, and if you they, Google, you, you could just Google how um, I've I've come across several articles about it throughout I'll the years. I'll have to look again. I'm not doubting. I'll find it. one I, for you. I'll find I'm one. For doubting you. that it's in a people's history. I'm not doubting. No, that, that part's true. not the the Irish last names part is not a people's history of the United States. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's not. But the whole the reason they made white people they gave poor whites at the time, hey, you could be our police officers. Yes, yes. That part that, is definitely in there. Bacon's Rebellion. Yes, that's in there. Yes. And and who was predominantly in the force? Yes. Irish people. Yes. That used to be friends with the black. That's why it was kind of like a shitty thing. But like the history, dude, the history of immigrant groups or the poor groups, though, unfortunately, and this really isn't quite their fault. It's, I, I like to say the power, the people in power versus the people with no power. Um, the people with no power would be like, think about every wave of new immigrant 
will get fucked over by whoever the old new immigrant was. Oh, because they are not ready to... Instead of banding together and being like, oh, we just got here a decade ago. You guys are here now. Let us tell you what we learned over this last decade of eating shit. It's, It's not like that. Instead, it's like, oh, you're the new person on the block? Oh, cool. I get to throw rocks at you because rocks were once thrown at me. America gets to haze its new recruits. That's exactly a wonderful way to put it. I mean, not a wonderful thing, but that's, that's exactly how it is. And some of them just keep getting hazed. Yeah. <laughs> endless. It is endless. Um, and no one worse than the Irish. Am I right, everybody? Oh, yeah, man. We, no we one had tough. has had it worse <laughs> than the Irish. Am I right, Cut audio. <laughs> Cut audio brought us saying that. That's the intro for this podcast. <laughs> That's the message of Kilgallen's Pub. <laughs> Nobody's had it worse than we have. Um, no, definitely not us. Kilgallen's <laughs> Pub, goes. colon. Nobody's had it worse. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I think we're third. I think it's got to go black people versus Native Americans for the title. Oh, boy. Um, you're forgetting. You're forgetting. Who am I forgetting? Uh, oh, the Jewish people. There you go. Yeah, but America didn't do anything bad to them, per se. Oh, my God. <laughs> we didn't, like, that was more That was more Germany, right? Hey, Anne I mean, Frank. We hey, hey, Anne Frank, turn your fucking boat around and head back. Did we tell Anne Frank to go back? Yeah, we didn't take in refugees. Dude, we are just pure shit constantly. I didn't know that. Our history... If you look at it with any sort of anything, it's like kind of like, yeesh. True. Let me ask you this, though. What country has a history where you're like, oh, that's a good one? Uh, the Vatican. <laughs> <laughs> um, good question. No, there isn't any, I don't think. Unless it's like some new country you've never heard of. Or you could say like some country that was just completely like colonized way back when and never really had its own sovereign rights per se that one you could use oh like a what's a country like norway do they have any colonialism or like fucking Um, displacement of like indigenous like scandinavia are they super fucked up no actually they're probably okay i don't really know the history of scandinavia that well i chose them because the purest whites seem to be the best well, it's really the ones that are like, uh, what, a little muddied up that are bad? I don't know what, the, what no, we're I'm looking playing, for here. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Yeah, because they are, there is a super white. Hey, probably, well, no, the Vikings. What are we talking about? The fucking Vikings. They raped and pillaged over the world. They were Scandinavian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally forgot. Just in modern times, the last couple hundred years, I think they've been pretty good. Was uh, Mongolia ever bad? I have no idea. I'm just kidding. They, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Dave Martinez is losing his goddamn mind right now. See, I'm behind, man. At least they're winning. Yeah. Dave Martinez, big rumor he fucked Sandberg's wife in Chicago. Yeah, so did uh, Palmero. Rafael Palmero said of Bang Ryan Sandberg's Maybe wife. somebody got it confused because they're both like swarthy, attractive Latino gentlemen. Yeah, that might be her type, though. Yeah, she Just so that. everyone knows, Ryan Sandberg was a Cubs Hall of Fame player and. His oh, wife. good lord! Oh. Good lord! I, I like to. We should do our community talking baseball. We should do a whole hour on that situation because it was crazy. Just break it down. Well, I remember being a kid in Chicago when he retired, being like, "What the hell?" Jordan just retired, and now Sandberg. These were two like icons in Chicago sports, and they were both like you know they're stars on the national level. Jordan, of course, obviously one of the biggest in the world, and Sandberg was known nationally. He was always voted the starting second baseman in the All Star game. 
I'm a little bit older than you. I'm 57, and I was in eighth grade, and I went to Washington, D.C. for a school trip that I signed up for that summer. And I came back, and there wasn't internet or anything. And so I was like, what did I miss? And my mom said, well, Ryan Sandberg retired, and O.J. Simpson killed his wife. <laughs> and I, that night, I watched the Bronco chase on TV. So the re- the first Sandberg retirement, kind of uh, people didn't pay as much attention because uh, O.J. Simpson, former uh, acting star. <laughs> hey, he was great in The Naked Gun. Yeah, man. He was awesome. In Hertz commercials, he was beloved. Americans hate Colin Kaepernick, loved O.J. Simpson. Yeah, that's a little strange, isn't it? Well, you know what, though? Hey, you could kill your wife. You just can't kneel during a song, damn it. Come on. Yeah, everybody should be forced to stand and sing about how free we are. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, I remember the Samrick thing. So just so everyone knows, he retired and then came back like a season later. And the reason he did that was because if he retired, he retired, then divorced his wife in that off season. Yeah, It was a financial thing, so his wife couldn't take all this money from him. You know, that's, that's something that women have a leg up on, huh? <laughs> if there's there anybody who has it bad, it's men in this country. Well, in that regard, that's pretty bad, though. Bill Burr's got a great joke about it where it's like a woman, this woman could literally cheat on him all to death, do all this kind of crazy shit, and then take his house, divorce and take half his money, live in your house with the guy that you were cheating on him with. So I guess one thing they got, I'm, I don't, don't you understand I'm trying to look to the positive of things. <laughs> my friend Tom, like I, my friend Tom got $25 million from, for divorcing his wife. Jesus Christ. What did she do? Was she like, uh, she was on a show called Roseanne. Ah, uh, <laughs> gotcha. I forget that you're friends with famous people. <laughs> there you go. We I'm thinking some dude you went to high school with. Like, <laughs> well, close, his, close. In yeah. Years his mom apart. Or... Close in years and years apart. Yeah. It was this wife that I like, Hair to the Quaker Mills, like the fortune or something, <laughs> or General Mills. Quaker Oats, General Mills. I, I combined them by making a Quaker Mills. That is a Cedar Rapids specific reference. That Cedar Rapids is more of a cereal town than Battle Creek. Battle Creek, Michigan, just has Kellogg. Well, they got a history, Cedar Rapids yeah. has Quaker Oats and General Mills. Yeah, suck it. Yeah, General Mills has my favorite cereals: Honey Nut Cheerios, Tricks. Those are fucking great. Tricks is way better Fuck. than Fruit Loops. You know what they made in my town? Heinz Ketchup. Do you like Heinz Ketchup? Oh, that's pretty good. I thought that was in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania. but Well, if you look at a bottle, a white cap at a restaurant, and it says M-U on it, it was made in my hometown. If it says P-something on it, it's made in the one that you're thinking of. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool. Let's see some fun facts. There you go. I like good fun facts. Muscatine, Iowa. Muscatine, Iowa. I fly into the Cedar Rapids airport. Whenever I you know, come from Cedar Rapids to Chicago, I drive by the sign, and I always want to take a picture of it and be like, Brad, oh, look. That town, look, look, it's an old Indian word for teenage pregnancy. <laughs> that seems like a Seinfeld joke. Didn't even joke about how uh, where he's from in New York is an Indian word for meaning um, by the mall or something like that. I can't oh. know what the term was. Well, if I'm influenced by anyone's comedy, it is Jerry Seinfeld. Ah, uh, yes, the sign. <laughs> oh, damn it. I did it again. Forgot what I was going to say. It's okay. Oh, no, it's me trying to see the, the, the positive side of things. Yeah. Now, obviously, women have it bad, but it's fun to be like, 
hey, you know the group of people have something bad? At least you got this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun in a weird way, you know? I have a joke about how black people, you have to be careful on authority, but, you know, if you're having huge dicks, that's pretty good, you know? <laughs> that's a solid trade. <laughs> um, but no, so with the America thing, yeah, you look through America's history, there, there are, obviously, there are moments where it's like, you know what, that was a good one. That was a good one. But then the, it's, it's hidden. We've, we've done a good job hiding a lot of horrible things. Trail of Tears and you know, Jim Crow laws and just, there's, there's a long list of stuff where you're like, oh, that was brutal. Japanese internment camps, like, good Lord. My, Um, my favorite genre of book is a nonfiction book that, uh, that I have taken to calling you've been lied to. What's the name? Is that what the name of the book actually is? No, I'm saying that's a genre of book that I enjoy. Oh, it's a genre. Oh, I got you. I missed the genre part. Where it's just books that show you, oh, this is what you thought? Actually, it's this. Yeah, those books are fun. Yeah. But A People's History of the United States, it's almost impossible to get through because you get too bummed out. You do because it's almost like everything you were told as a child is a lie. Like everything you've known is a lie. Not everything. Not everything. not, Not everything. But like think about this. Think about this in America. And and I want my listeners who think we're America hating right now to know, not really. There's a lot of stuff we both love. I know we both love a ton of stuff about it. But we also think you need to be realistic, address the only way to fix problems is to address them and, and get off this high horse of like our shit doesn't stink. That's what bothers me. Uh, we learn the Pledge of Allegiance before you learn anything else. It's like the first thing you learn in school. It's creepy. It's, 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 yeah, it is. When you think about it, it's super fucking creepy. You know, there are people who are like, and kids said, you can't I didn't say anything bad about America. You're anti-American. Really, this is a country that was founded on the idea you could say whatever the fuck you want, and you're supposed to question your government. It's supposed to be considered patriotic to question things and be like, "Oh, the president sucks." That was, it, by the way, it's. I love how when it's a president you don't like, it's okay to say he sucks. But when it's a president you do like, all of a sudden it's it's unpatriotic to say he sucks. I mean, that's the shit where it's like, fuck off. Right before we were talking, I was reading about Seymour Hirsch. Um, talking about what really happened with uh, SEAL Team 6 and, like, the killing of bin Laden. Because I texted you, and I got no response from anybody. I was like, that al-Baghdadi thing feels like fucking bullshit to me. I don't remember this text. I said the ISIS guy who got killed, it feels like bullshit. Like, I, this is, like, the third time that we've been told he's dead. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, see, that's what, you know, I alluded to that earlier about how I'm hours behind on stuff. Yeah, I remember someone. Me. Yeah, not you with the text because oh, I didn't see oh, that. Oh, oh. Uh, but I mean, like skimming through. I deleted the Twitter app on my phone last week, so I don't. Go, I haven't gone on Twitter nearly as much. Um, okay. They killed the main ISIS guy. Yeah, and Trump was bragging about it or whatever. Trump a speech saying like doing the same thing that Obama did, which is, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Except for Trump, has to embarrass the fuck out of us at all times. Yeah, I mean, and Bin Laden was like pretty notorious, and that was like, no, but Trump in his yeah, speech was, was a legit, bigger deal. Like, it was like this is a bigger deal. Yeah, yeah, Jesus, Ugh. stuff like that. I don't. I mean, know, I, I, I try honestly. I don't even like with the Ukraine stuff. I have no idea what's going on. I know he he told them, hey, go look into Hunter Biden, and I just there's some of it I just don't give that much of a shit about, and and that's part of the reason I couldn't stand Twitter because oh right. Every, you know, it's just every other tweet is about the guy. 
And well, I know the dude's yeah. a narcissist who wants people to tweet about him all day. Also, but, I, I fell for Russiagate, and I don't want to do the same thing again. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's bad. We know he's bad. And figure out a way to beat him. That, that yeah. that's, the, that's the thing, too. The people who are leading the charge to beat him don't know how to win because they, they're, they're not winners. These are people who are pick last in everything. Yes. And it's like, come on. you know. Here's the analogy I'm trying to make. After 2016, the Democrats should have done what Domino's Pizza did in 2010. Domino's Pizza had the fucking main owner guy come out and commercials on television and say, sorry, we've been giving you ketchup on cardboard. (laughs) Do you remember this? Yes, I do. It was great. And their their stock was at $9.00. And they're like, we're going to start giving you guys shit that you actually like now. And their stock went to $300. And, like, you know what Domino's didn't do? Come out with a commercial and go, you guys just don't like it because Russia. Yeah. That's, yeah I mean, Hillary that's, Clinton. She needs to. What does it tell you that do you think that she should speak at the convention or bill? No. What does that tell you? I mean, that says something this time. Uh, that shows you how much, how, how drastically things have changed. Because I remember how none of the former Republican presidential presidents or nominees or, you know, whatever would speak at their conventions. Just like George Ch- W. Bush has not been Dick back Cheney. to public. Bush, Cheney, none of them have been back to speak at right. their conventions. Right, and that that says something. And I remember being like, oh, at least the Democrats have Clinton back, and all these people like Kerry. John Kerry lost to Bush in '04, but he can still come back and speak. People are like, ah, you lost, but you're not a bad guy. You just for a shitty candidate, you know. Gore could speak if you wanted to, all that stuff. But this time around, I doubt it. I bet Hillary does speak. I 100% bet she speaks. I don't think she should though, because I think she's a reminder of they cannot let her. Well, you know, here's the thing. Now that I'm saying this out loud, and, and, and I've never even thought about this until you put it in my mind. I never even thought that she would speak at the convention or whether or not she should. I, I'm thinking that she's a reminder of a loss. But to them, no. She's a, they, they don't see her that way. They don't see her as a loser. A big majority of the, the, of the people who voted for her last time. She, they see, oh, she won three million more votes. Uh, this, there's propaganda from Facebook and, and, and there was some Russia collusion, whether or not Trump knew about it directly or not. That's, that's how they see it. They don't see, or Bernie, right. Bernie, Bernie endorsed her too late or Bernie bros. They don't, I have yet to hear one single thing from that side going, she's fucked up. No right, one's taking right. the blame at all. Right. Because and that's what you, kills me. And that's what's you, killing the Democrats right now. Exactly. Because blaming Russia and creating a conspiracy theory means that they don't have to accept any blame and they never have to change. The whole thing is so fucking obvious. Trump beat nine governors and five senators. He just didn't beat Hillary. He took down the Bushes and the Clintons. So people were like, why did he beat Hillary? Why did he beat uh like all of those Republicans too, because he had a populist message and people were like, fuck those people, fuck all of them. And then Bernie came out and he announced his candidacy in 2015 
in front of like three reporters in the Capitol lawn somewhere. And everybody went, yeah, actually. He just ran to try to get to prove a point, And people went, eh, actually. And then like, you know, the DNC had to fucking pull all their bullshit. Because, yeah. cause like, this old fucking, like, guy who is, not like, in no way, shape, or form should have even been there starts resonating with people because everyone is so fucking sick of all of their bullshit. That's why Trump won. 90% of Hillary's campaign commercials were about how Trump sucks. They have... if. If they if they had a fucking message that they were confident would win in November of 2020, they wouldn't be pulling all of this bullshit that they've been pulling on him because they don't they don't have it. They don't want to answer to the populism because the left populism is not what the donors are paying for. They're paying for keep it the same. And the people don't want that because it sucks. Everybody's everything sucks. Everything costs more. People fucking hate them while they take more and more money. And then they just need to tell us, sorry, we've been putting ketchup on cardboard and telling you it's pizza. Here's some good pizza. And they yeah, essentially, I mean, they don't they could win easily if they did stuff like that. They also need to learn how to play the fucking game. Russia, Russia enabled Russia enabled them to never have to change. It enabled the media to never have to accept responsibility for their coverage. And it is just in picking uh, Joe Biden is a complete misunderstding of why Trump won. I, w- I want every single candidate, every single one of them in a debate to be asked, why did Trump win? And I want to hear their answer. Well, I think only two people, maybe three could answer that question. Maybe four. I think Bernie could. I think Tulsi could. I think Warren would give a good enough answer, and everybody else would suck at it. No, I think Yang is a good answer to that. Oh, Yang. Okay. Yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. haven't jumped on Yang. Or, I mean, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm going to say, um, with the, in, in our text group, I have some fun with some of the Yang stuff I say, but I really. I can't yeah, tell if you really like Yang. I do like Yang. Okay. I do. He's for, he's for Medicare for All, um, which is a big one for me. Um, he believes in uh, uh, shutting down private prisons. He, um, there's a lot of stuff that I think he, he lines up with what you want and what Bernie wants with a lot of things. Um, he just has a different approach to, uh, what the next economy is going to look like where Bernie wants like a guarantee. I don't think, I actually don't even agree with Bernie's guaranteed jobs plan. He makes it seem like everyone's going to line up to be a ditch digger. And that's just not how it goes. I mean, it sounds like Bernie wants to do like a WPA type of thing, which would be really cool, but he needs to modernize it. So I hope if Bernie gets elected, I hope he bring someone in for his economic cabinet to understand that that's not going to exactly play out that people, because states have done shit like that in a way. And it just didn't really come to fruition the way you'd want it to where Yang's UBI, which Bernie then, it sounds like Bernie's warming up to it a little bit though. I've heard a couple interviews with him lately where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look into it more. I'm still a little bit on, you know, but he's at least going to dig into it. I think he kind of likes Yang or doesn't hate him. Um, or, or I think or, Warren, I think or Warren hates Yang that. now though. Or concerned with threat, maybe either. But Warren definitely doesn't like Yang because Yang. I don't know if you saw that last debate. Yang definitely took her to task on that. I think on, Yang got the best of her on that one exchange. Yeah, what was she on the UBI about? exchange? Oh right. She she brought up the whole thing about how she was like automation is not 
taking away jobs the way you think it is, which is a real corporatist response, though. And he went right at her going, no, actually, your data's wrong, and here's why it is and all this. And I can't remember it all exactly because you know how things are nowadays. Two weeks ago feels like six years ago. Yeah. Um, I remember what you were talking about, and I remember in that moment thinking, like, he sounds right, but I have no information, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, essentially, universal basic income basically – what, what Yang was trying to propose was that by doing that, it's enough money to keep people still work for it, right? Um, but it's also enough money where it can change people's directions in life, you know? Right. It's just – oh, it's a way to – like if you got – if someone gave you like $12,000 right now, what's the first shit you're going to do with it? Save it? No, you're probably, no. probably going to get the blinker on your car fixed – you're going to like fucking get diapers and you know, you're going to put the wheels yeah. on, you're going to get the wheels on the bus going. You know what I mean? Like An extra you, thousand a month would be fucking huge. Right. You got some credit cards. Maybe you got like some bills, like that's what you're going to fucking do. Or, yeah. and once you take care of that, you might go, I am going to hire a sitter. I am going to go see Joker or whatever the fuck you feel like doing. You know what I mean? I finally saw Joker actually. I have not it's like two weeks ago. Um, dark as hell but really i thought it was really good though anyway though uh yeah no that's exactly the point and it used to be the you know in the past whenever automation came around which some automation previously there was an economic theory i think it was called fuck destroy to create basically where you're, you're eliminating one profession but through that you're creating other things like atms put a lot of bank tellers out of work uh, but there was atm repair people you know there's right. people to drive the money to that atm Right. Stuff like that. The service fees, bars would have an ATM. So they created more, you know, restaurants. So it was, there were more places. So right. in, in essence, it, there was a net benefit to it. Hold on one second. I got to choke my, or cough my brains out here. <coughs> Jesus. Sorry. Like a, ugh, something down my throat. Sorry, everybody. It's all that cum I drink, you know? Oh, um, oh. <laughs> hello. I was trying to be silly. Extra protein. Well, probably, right? That's the thing. Uh, Ooh. But now, though, so, so the idea back then was we'll just train the people who are going to lose their jobs to things, not bank tellers, obviously, but other like you're, you're, you work at a factory and a machine takes over your job, but we'll train you in a new a- a- area. The problem is the new area is going to be obsolete in another 10 years, five, 10, you know what I mean? The more and more, um, Sean Flannery had a joke about this comedian friend of ours that capitalism is going to be so efficient that you need socialism. Yeah, there's be no jobs. It's it's here now. We're gonna get to the end of work. Yeah, there's gonna be which is eventually. I think shouldn't everyone want that? Shouldn't we not want to work? Well, Do you the, think anyone's on their deathbed going, "I wish I would have worked harder," or "I wish I well maybe for work a passion, sure." But I just think it's so funny in like an like an oligarchy that we live in now, where like the the actual richest people don't have to work a day in their lives. Really, if you think about it, like. And how they've instilled in the rest of us that hard work is the key to life. We should all be like laughing our asses off about that. But they have done studies that uh, essentially a UBI existed for housewives in the 50s and they were like miserable. People need like some sort of focus or some sort of like goal to attain and that sort of thing to feel fulfilled. That's true, but that's why a thousand a month is like the number. I mean, I don't even know if that's the right number, but that's the number he's throwing out there. You know, he even even said that maybe it could be twelve hundred, maybe eight hundred is a better, or you know, but a thousand a month he figures is the number in which 
people out. Uh, sorry, I'm watching something you probably saw three minutes ago because you're ahead of me. That was a sexy play by Rendon, if it's the one I think that you're watching. Yes, it was. And it was a sexy play by Rendon to get Altuve. But a thousand a month is just the right number in which if you got, you want to quit your job. But if you were laid off, that would help. It's kind of like a number that's like, no, I still need to work. I still need a career. But damn it, this is helping. Right. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's foolproof. There's different things to look into. Some people have said, you might have even said this. What's to stop landlords from just raising your rent a thousand a month? If you don't have uh, rent control, yeah. If you don't have rent control, right? Or so, or somebody, or a restaurant being like, this costs, uh, you know, a uh, hundred dollars, and you're like, why? And they're like, you have it. You know? Sure. Well, if we raise the minimum wage, isn't it the same theory in a way? Well, I mean, a lot of those. Yeah, it's weird, man. That. The, the problem is there's no ethics in business. Business ethics is a, is a title of a class that people could take. And day one should be like, oh, yeah, this shit doesn't exist. Right. It's all about how much. Yeah, it's about money and fuck everything else. And that's where I think the fucking Democrats get their ass kicked because they play by rules that the other side makes up. And then the other side ditches those rules when it's inconvenient. I don't know if that's true anymore. Well, I mean, it was, though. That Remember whole, the first debate? That whole, needs to look poised. Why? Why does she need to look poised? Who, who made this up? Oh, I will Shit say, like that. when they booed Trump and chanted lock him up at the World Series, did you feel ashamed and embarrassed, or did you laugh and think it was funny? I, I didn't watch that game. I was... When you heard about it? When I heard about it, I thought it was funny. Yeah, okay. I wasn't embarrassed. Some liberals... Are like no, we can't be doing that stuff. Um, when they go low, we go high. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm okay with the notion of like we don't want to stoop to their level. Um, but it's like, dude, throw the rule book out. This is a special case. I feel like you know. And- I think I think everybody there thought it was funny. They weren't really saying like. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's 50,000 people at a ball game drinking beer on an October night with a great atmosphere of the World Series. They see a guy that's easy to boo on the screen, and they're going to boo that guy, you know? Yeah, I also don't necessarily think that the people who chanted lock her up at Hillary wanted her in jail. Well, it's a fun thing to chant, lock her up. It's like the thing that you know. Perfect three words. Right. When you go to WWE, like a lot of people want to – you know, do yes, 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 or the dumb ones want to say what? You know, like they want you want to do the chance at the, you want to yell Freebird at the Skinnerd concert. Totally. No, yeah, I get that. I, it's I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. Uh, it's, it's I mean, interesting. Also, year, almost a year away from this election. I also this is a Taibi thing that I want your opinion on. I'm not sure I am loving all of this like intelligence community whistleblowing on Trump shit. Are you there? Are you there? Hello? The intelligence thing? I'm not sure I love the intelligence community uh, whistleblowing on Trump stuff. Oh, I see. 
I, do you not remember, like the way it's going to make like? Do you remember when McConnell was stopping everything Obama did, and so Obama did all these executive orders, and people were like, "Oh, sure, you like you're going to like this when you when your guy does it, but what if somebody shitty's in there?" Right? What if yeah. the intel? What if the intelligence community decides they don't like Warren or Bernie or Yang or Tulsi? When it, when they're in there, and they start and they decide we don't want them to be president, and so they fucking start whistleblowing crazy shit about them. You know what I mean? The Russia thing was fucked up. If it's if he was not guilty of that shit, it's fucked up to do. They yeah, leaked right. a they leaked a lot of shit that ended up not being true. The whole piss tape thing. Imagine if Obama had gotten in there <clears throat> and they're like, there's a rumor that he's a secret Al Qaeda operative and he in there he peed in a bed Bush slept in or prostitutes, whatever. And he likes it when women shit on his chest because you have to yeah, change it up. Something like that, you'd be like and then like Fox News was reporting it as true. We would have been like that you you guys are fucked up. But all of us were just like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it was just because he's such a fucking character or a cartoon character, Trump. Yeah, you know, that's why way. that's why the whole fucking his victory is still such a crazy, weird thing that's gonna there's gonna be four billion documentaries about it one day. Yeah. I mean, when he announced it was like, what is this guy? He's coming down like an escalator. This looks like such, such a joke. Then with the first extras, thing was, everybody was an extra. Yeah, they were paid extras. Nobody actually, you know, they were paid to cheer for him. People forget that. Then he starts talking about Mexicans being rapists and, and uh, murderers, and you're just like, "Good lord, what the fuck is he?" You know, and, it looked and like he, it looked like a joke. It did look like a joke, and he had become a guy who nobody really thought of as political. And he wasn't until he, he wasn't went after serious. Obama. I mean, to a certain extent, Roger Ailes told him what to do, but he was there not to win, but to get. Like more attention to his brand. Like I believe yeah, he was negotiating his next contract with The Apprentice because he was mad Gwen Stefani got paid more at The Voice. And I thought people thought he was going to get his own TV show on Fox. Yeah, or he was going to do his own network. Like he was talking about that. Like he wasn't trying to win. I mean, I, yeah, he wasn't. I mean, you, obviously, you he got gotta, close. He wanted to. You got to wake up pretty early in the morning to be shittier than Trump. So I do have to give it up to Hillary. Yeah. Well, I mean, I look at the way the media covers things now in a different light. Yeah. Because the way they treated Bernie and even the third guy, Martin O'Malley, who I don't know anything about because they never covered him. And I knew he was stiff. He, he, pedophile. Was, was he a pedophile? No, I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know anything about him either. <laughs> yeah. But I remember the, de- the Republicans had like 17 people on their stage for their primaries. The yeah, Democrats, yeah. I think at one point, had five. They had Leahy and another senator maybe who both dropped out. I remember, yeah, I remember this specifically. Jim Webb, who was a senator from Virginia, from Virginia who was like a yes. real moderate, was a Navy guy. Yes. I don't think he was a bad guy, but probably wouldn't have done shit anyway. Um, and then they had, I think, Patrick Leahy, maybe. Does that sound correct? Uh, maybe a Rhode Island de- Demo- uh, senator or some shit. I thought, I thought it was or just Sheldon, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse. No, he was they, At one point, they had five, though. And I remember the first debate, they had Hillary Bernie. O'Malley and two other people. The other two people were like, this is clearly the Hillary show. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have asked her seven questions in a row. And I think one of them said, you haven't even looked my direction. <laughs> like, to whoever the monitor was. <laughs> I got to find the clip. I think it was but also, YouTube. But also, they didn't even have debates because they thought it didn't help Hillary. Like, they did, the whole thing was Oh, yeah. They, they were. And then when they did have a debate, it was like, oh, really? You're having it Monday, December 26th against Monday Night Football the day after Christmas? Yeah, they, like, whatever they were watching wanted, this shit. They wanted her nowhere near that shit. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if Bernie would have gone on Joe Rogan's podcast back then, it'd be a different yeah, world. <laughs> he should have. Yeah, he should have. He should have. But uh, I mean, I don't think people realize how powerful those, how powerful podcasts were in 2015 going into 2016. I don't even know if Rogan was that big. Um, yeah, Ch- I don't Chop- know. Chapa wasn't. They got big the day after the election being like, here's what happened. Yeah, I mean, really, because more people have definitely gotten more involved in the political process. Well, the media, what you need to pay attention to, even like the Mulvaney coming out and admitting quid pro quo, the way that that was reported was fucked up, too. They Like, it's become terrible. And Taibbi uh, drew my attention to it. If you pay attention to, like, how the media is covering the al-Baghdadi death, there's two polar opposite ways that it's being reported but like they're the media also like the two-party system this like they have parameters of what they find acceptable and not acceptable to talk about they talk shit about socialism constantly on tv and zero people to defend it there's more people to defend like kids in cages than socialism is that's not weird to anybody. That's not weird at all. People don't question that stuff. They don't, man. I'm serious. No, because who owns the, the corporations own, you know, the networks. Yeah. I mean, it's the, what, six corporations own like all the news networks or something. It might be even less than that now. It might be like four. Um, and dude, you know how many times I watch the news? It's okay, everyone. Brido's dog, Taker, named her to the Undertaker. It was, it was a badass dog. Um, you know how many times I watch the news? Like local news the half hour news that comes out at six and five 30 or whatever, even the national version of that, the network news. And I see a story where I'm like, why is that a story? That's not news. That shouldn't be news, but they're making it news. Why is that? There's an angle to this, but the average person doesn't ask that question. They just, you know, I do. I know you do, but you're not the average person. We're not average people, Brido. And I'm not not the average people. The average person, well, cause we have more fucking free time. <laughs> the average well, person it's also comes home from a rough day at work. Watches there's mindless news before fucking Wheel of Fortune comes on, checks a couple dumb sitcoms, and then goes to bed and does it all over again the next day. Yeah, and then they sit in the audience and they laugh. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and we need them, and I love them, and it's I our job them, as comedians. I need them on their commute to make – I need to make their commute better. Yeah, we need them and, – and if we could inform them a little bit along the way, that's cool too. But I definitely I, think our side – Well, they shouldn't listen to me. They should listen to you maybe, but not me. I know. They should listen to you too, man. Like – so here, here, I haven't really talked about socialism. I mean, socialism's come up on my podcast, but I don't, I don't really get political on this podcast very often because I think there's enough of that out there. And not that I'm afraid to say what's on my mind. I just, I'm one of those people where if everyone's talking about it, I deem it boring and don't want to talk about it. Like well, I, sure. my first album has 15, my first album has maybe 10 to 15 minutes of political material on it. It came out in 2015. I have two my jokes. latest album has zero because I'm like, I don't want to do what everyone's doing. Well, you had a theme for your second album. Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, that's actually more impressive. You took, I mean, you took an hour essentially about 
having a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know I, that you also spend, you know, you, you managed to throw in there how you uh, follow women around. Yeah. <laughs> that joke got some flack. Um, <laughs> of course it did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> one other joke got flack where a couple of the YouTube comments were, um, oh, some, what the fuck was it? Ah, I can't remember. It doesn't matter to anyone. But um, I, I look at it this way with uh, all this, like the political social shit that's going on right now. Um, oh, I had it in my head exactly the way I wanted to say it. Sorry, listeners. Oh, my God. Rendon is so sexy. <laughs> oh, God. I fucking you, you're doing a spoiler alert right now for me on a baseball game. Um, oh, he's just oh, pure sex. Shit. Shit, what was I going to fucking say? Damn it, everyone, this is bad. You don't talk a lot about politics on your podcast. Oh, socialism, socialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, (laughs) listeners who are like hardcore capitalists and thinking, damn it, Joe, you know, I'm I'm, I'm not into this shit. Don't talk about it. I'm going to break it down for you. Um, There are, I would say, 70% of Americans, that's a guess, probably pretty close. If you took away the word socialism and just said, are you in favor of this, yes or no? Are you in favor about, of this? Yes or yeah. no? Are you, the weekend. Th- are you in favor of the weekend? Yeah. Are you in favor of weekends? Oh, yeah. Well, those were brought to you by unions. who uh, eight, eight, you, eight, you know. eight hour work days? Yeah. Are you in favor of clean water? Are you in favor of... Yeah. Clean... Pa- even do you more, like is it parks? Do you like fucking parks? Do you like parks? Yeah. There was an episode of Parks and Recreation where, you know, because the guy, Ron Swanson, is like a big right wing guy. There's a lot of money that's gone into making sure that you guys fucking hate socialism. Yeah, but Ron Swanson said that he even thinks they should privatize the parks. You want to ride down the slide? That's a quarter. <laughs> like that <laughs> made me laugh. But yeah, there's, of course, there's a ton of money because, yeah, this is what happens too when you cut taxes for the rich and why it hasn't worked as a policy. They pay fewer taxes. They pay fewer anyway, but then they take that excess money and they buy more politicians with it so that the yeah. politicians won't fight for you, right. you know? And, and I, I think our side needs to be a little bit more clear on what they want. I think the average person who comments on Quiet. comment boards on Facebook and Twitter who hates socialism, the average fuck socialism person, they think they can't open up a bar under socialism. They think if socialism exists, oh, right. I don't have my dream of having, um, you know, fucking uh, Billy's Bar and Grill. And that's... I think, think you should be allowed to have Billy's Bar and Grill. Go ahead, think, open up Billy's Bar and Grill. Think about if we had socialism and you tried to instead sell people on the benefits of capitalism. And then, it, and then you wanted to scare people then. And, like, the other side wanted to scare people of capitalism. Okay? Yeah. Do you know what you would have to say to scare people of cap? Just name anything that's bad. Right now, uh, like what? Like exploiting ex, uh, exploiting workers or some shit like that? Oh, yeah, shops. The Iraq, um, the Iraq War. Uh, you know, you could just name anything bad. But but couldn't some people argue that that's not really capitalism? Why? We have they capitalism. Could, they could say that's crony capitalism. They could say that's bad version of capitalism. They could say that's not the true version of capitalism. What? I'm saying that's what they could argue. No, there's believe me, there are people on that like those people are like like David Angelo. He's a guy like that. He could probably argue against what you just said with the Iraq War. The libertarian uh, viewpoint would be like we wouldn't go for war for someone else's goods and services. Was the Iraq War used to benefit capitalism? Yes, but could you say that it is a capitalist principle? 
I don't know. I think they could argue against that. They every, say, no, every, we wouldn't waste money on that. Oh, every single war, every single war is for capitalism. Every, like Even the, before capitalism existed? Or has capitalism always existed? I every, mean, like in every, theory, I guess. Every war since 1492. Is there any capitalism you like, Brido? Yeah. Okay. I'm just... That's that's the side that that's what socialists need to be clear about. Because I listen to some socialists, and I'm even I'm like, no, fuck you, I don't want that. I'm just making an argument. No, I I, I appreciate that, but I'm making okay. I agree. You're right. You're making a great argument, and I and I, yes, I understand what you're saying. There's no one scaring you the other way, and right. that needs to be said. What if I could make a, a bulletproof argument that the history of racism and continued on through today are because of capitalism. Yeah. I mean, that would probably affect a couple people. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, or that like, again, everything, I mean, it it holds everything in place. Like patriotism just means the military now and the military, like, like, what are we doing? We're getting resources. You know what I mean? Like we're running out of resources, like insert. So, I mean, like it's just the acquisition of resources and most like countries, like what, what is the purpose? But people would say that's imperialism. You could have capitalism without imperialism. Some people might argue. How can you? Okay. I mean, the Netherlands has capitalism and socialism. It's a mixed economy. Right, there. right, right. Right. You, and they don't go bombing ha- other countries. You can't have pure capitalism. I don't think you can. No, and I wouldn't want pure capitalism. No, because it it always ends up with a severe like distance between the rich and the poor. There is no middle class in capitalism. You always have to insert socialism. The yeah, unions. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a funny thing too. Middle class. The middle class only was invented in like the nineteen thirties. <laughs> like before. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, in before mo- the, the New modern, Deal. Yeah, yeah. The modern middle class. I mean, that's essentially. After <laughs> was there a middle class before that? You could, I never heard about a middle class in the 1800s, 1700s, 1600s. You could argue that during slavery, uh, poor whites in the South were the middle class because okay. they, because like, think about it because they weren't slaves, because they weren't slaves. Yeah, I mean, it's that's like that's like saying pretend slavery doesn't exist. That's like saying, oh, well. Poor people, you're the middle class because at least you're not seven year old children who don't work. Right, but right. I mean, uh, white not really, they're yeah, not really part of the system. Yeah, a white isn't part of the system. White supremacy. They're benefit the system. Though. White supremacy doesn't benefit all white people. It benefits no, it, it benefits the wealthy white people who are in power, but the white people with no power think that they are in with the rich people because of it. So there's a mental middle class that exists along with white supremacy that keeps those people in like controllable. Yeah, true. But that wasn't really a middle class is what my point is. I mean, it's, it's Oh no, you need, no, you need strong unions and you need, (laughs) yeah, I know. But well, it's funny what you're saying goes along. I mean, Chappelle had that, that joke in his once one of his specials one, you know, he released like two that one year. Or for that one year, I think, where he said like, "Not all Trump likes me." Yeah. Trump like, yeah, well, Trump likes me more than he likes you. I'm rich, right? You know, right? Um, to that poor white person or whatever, right? So what I'm what I'm trying to get at is 
to the people who are against all the things, these things, how do you win them over without insult, without being insulting one? Cause I think that does matter. Right. Even though Twitter says it doesn't matter. It fucking does. People will vote with their middle finger. At the end of right. the day, people, a lot of people will still be selfish saying like, well, it doesn't affect me. So fuck you. Because we have to understand that people, we do live in a society where capitalism was like the number one most preached thing. Right. And so when they hear socialism, they think, well, I don't want to get rid of all the shit I've grown accustomed to. And I don't think democratic socialists all believe that some of them might. Right. That's why there's no one on TV gets to explain this shit. Yeah. And I want them to be able to fucking explain it. So I'm thinking right now, if you were on TV right now, it's never going to happen. I'd be cut the fuck off. Okay. Well, you're not, you're on Killgallon's pub. It's not a TV show. I'm not cutting you off. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I am. This is a town hall meeting. I'm Joe public. I have to explain socialism. Yeah. You do. Okay. Why, why is that? Okay. The wealthy should pay their fair share of taxes. They, the people who have a billion dollars, Joe, that's a thousand millions. They can afford to pay as much taxes as Mike Bridenstine, who has $500 until he gets a progressive check. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. So when we have socialism, Again, I'm Joe Public. I'm not Joe Kilgallen right now. The well, we have- the the money, the income disparity that happens in the the country, where the wealthy have a hundred, where Jeff Bezos has a hundred billion dollars, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg has sixty billion dollars. That's sixty thousand million. He has sixty thousand millions. He can never spend that, ever. He can never in his whole fucking life spend that money. Whereas there's a lot of people who keep getting fucked over. So socialism would be a way to make it more fair and say those people need to pay taxes. And with that tax money, you start to provide equal like services and like and things to help people get out of their sh- – so you tax the people at the top. You help the people at the bottom for more equal opportunities for people and not just giant disparity. You can still have jobs. You can still be a multimillionaire. You can still be a billionaire. You need to pay taxes. And if you're like, well, why should I pay for an immigrant to have health care? I don't know, man. Should they not have drinking water either? Like, what the fuck? Or if you're okay. like, yeah. Now, if I... Were if we were, this was like a run through for a TV show, and yeah. I'm a I'm a, I'm a political consultant. I had for, no time to prepare for this, but go ahead. I know, but like, say that was just the run through, and I'm and I'm saying to you, hey, this was our you know our debate camp. You know, they do debate camp for these people, yeah, yeah, these yeah, candidates. Yeah. They go through like a little camp where they all quiz them and shit. I am now telling you to lead off with: you could still be a millionaire, you could still be a multimillionaire. You just want you to pay your fair share of taxes. Right. You could still go out there and open up a chain of restaurants, but we want you to pay your fair share of taxes. Right. That's what you lead off with. That's simple. Okay. Because right now, the average American, maybe not the average, but a good, strong, a strong enough percentage of Americans to sway an election. Let's put it that way. I don't want to say average because I don't know the exact number. They believe that they can't get rich in, under socialism. 
They right, a that. lot of money has gone into scaring the fuck out of them. Exactly. They don't know that, though. They don't know that they're people. Here's the thing with propaganda. The people are fools. They don't know they're being fucking fooled. And that's my big gripe right now where I can't stand people I agree with because I see their rhetoric. And I know it's dangerous. I know it's stupid. I see it on Twitter all the time. People I don't even follow, but people I know follow them. and They get enough likes on their tweet that I see it. And I'm like, well, that tweet I agree with, but it's going to fucking lose us an election. Oh, well, that's how I see it. And that's why I want to know what the fucking end result is. And we didn't finish it, but I said with the whole Oscars thing, and I agree with the representation. I do think that is an important thing, but what if next year, the all all five best actor nominees, all five best actress, fuck it. Let's do all the best director. They're all Hispanic people. Right. Will black, will, will, will people complain? Will they be like, yeah, that's good. That's progress. Oh, yeah, I don't. They should have said um, there needs to be there needs to be one white, one black, one Hispanic. One is that was that what I? That's what I want to know. I just want to know what's the end result because I know the the wave thing right now is to be. I want representation. I think that's good. I don't personally. Don't we eventually know. want to get to the I've, point where I've never people... actually heard anybody's argument of pro that. So I don't know. I think people just want to see themselves in on TV because it's better for like kids and stuff. Like I don't no, know. Dude, again, I agree. This is when I bring these questions up, this isn't me disagreeing with one or the other. This right. is me p- making the topic, making the statement so people could look at it through different angles. Right. So right. I know what the backlash was. What the fuck? We have so many talented people from all walks of life. These are the nominees this year and they are all white people. And we think it's important for these movies to get recognition because whatever movies win at the Oscars usually get a bump or people go, oh, I got to check out the Oscar winners this year. And then they're exposed to different cultures, different points of view. And yes, young children can now, oh, I'm a young black kid. I never, there's no black superhero. Black Panther came out. Fuck yeah, I got my guy now, right? Which is right. really disrespectful to Spawn and fucking um, that Will Smith movie. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, right. I got the little humor in there, man. Um, so yeah, that is great. I love seeing that, but I wanted, I try to think what is the utopia we want? Don't we eventually want to get to the point where say there, say next year it's five black candidates or our black nominees and everyone's just like, yeah, those, those five killed it. They were the best. I think that that was point proving though, because I have had this discussion before because as a white male actor, I still want jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I've said things like, what do they want? Do they want me to be homeless? Yes, you know, and like, what is, the, what is the end game here? And it's not. I think that it's just point proving. So people do start thinking, well, well, shit, like, oh, dude, game seven. Dude, game seven. I love it. Um, so... People in the studios who are all probably white, except for Tyler Perry, and the managers and the agents who are probably all white. And Tyler Perry's anti-union. Is he? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's why he can afford to build that shit. Anti-union? Like SAG? After? Pretty sure. I remember when he bought that studio recently, a lot of people, a lot of black people I knew were tweeting how they don't like him because of his hiring practices, how he went around hiring union people for a long ass time. He paid non-union actors? Like, I think background shit and stuff like that. I got to look into it. I might be quoting wrong. Wow. But I, remember, I remember there being backlash to him. 
I'm it's in, like I a mean, good, it's like a really good comedian friend of ours um, is the landlord, and I'm seeing a lot of people on Twitter being upset about that. Oh, I don't. Know That's who it another is. interesting thing. Is his initials are HB. He's a friend of mine, so I will never say anything bad about him. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a H- bad thing that he owns a couple apartment buildings and rents them to people. In what city? Chicago. HB. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, he, he has, uh, an, he has a, uh, fuck. it's Hannibal. It's fucking Hannibal. I'll just say, oh, Hannibal. oh, I'm not oh. Anything negative about him, oh. but you know, that's another thing people are going to wonder now too. Um, if we do a national rent control, which is a big thing socialists want, is that going to, are people going to be like, oh, I don't want to buy apartment buildings. What's the point? I can't make money off of it. I can't rape people. And dude, there's so many fucking homeless people here that I don't like. I don't even want to fucking then don't fucking make your investment like just so you can make money off of people's pure misery and suffering and fuck you. But okay, back to the one thing. So it makes, it makes like the, the studio heads and people like that think I may, I maybe should hire a female director or maybe I should hire a person of color for this role. Do I need, you know, it puts it in people's heads. Also like, just think of it like in comedy shows or bookings, for this podcast, if you have too many like white dudes in a row, don't you think to yourself, "Oh fuck, I need to like switch it up." Like so, it's so it's in your head. You know what I mean? No, but you know what I do though. I've had I've had three black people on in a row. I've had four white guys in a row. I've had a few women in a row. I personally don't but, give a shit. But don't you take pride in that? I got no. As no, said, I don't give if, a shit. Hold on, I, I hold have on people that I think are hold good on. and funny. I know, but hold on. Seriously. <laughs> hold on. If someone said to you, I'm really impressed, man. Your show's really diverse. Wouldn't you be kind of proud of yourself? Um, no? Or you're still going to stick to like, I don't see color, man. I just see talent. I am already living in 2045. Okay. I've always been I, ahead I'm of my you. time. Okay. I really look. I mean, I, of course I see color. It'd be ridiculous not to. You can't, you can't look past who people are and who their experiences are and all that kind of stuff. Right. 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 Um, you're like, yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Um, but don't, don't you remember back in the day, but I don't want to pat myself on the back. <laughs> 15 years ago. Like okay, fine. I know you don't, but 15 years ago, you could do plenty of shows that were 100% white dudes. Oh no, totally dude. Facebook memories. I'll get tagged in a show. Yeah, from like 2011, and I'm like, wow, all white guys. <laughs> like, and you know? no one, no one said shit. We 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 did blurs back in the day, 2006. All dudes, all white dudes, except for Kumail, <clears throat> and that was no one thought about that being weird until like one person, like Steve Heisler from Time Out, was like, it's kind of fucked up. They don't have any uh, females. <laughs> uh, he used that to try to get laid, I bet. Well, he's still using it because he still mentions it every now and then. So I don't know if he gets laid or not. I don't. But I just... when you guys started that, did you get together and say, hey, just – no, I figured – Not even I... a little bit. I no, picked who, who I thought was the funniest. Yeah, and these were your friends. And friends, yeah. That's how a lot of things start. They start organically through friendship. Now, in 2011, yeah, CYSK... people probably CYSK, how many female showrunners? In the beginning, zero. In the beginning, zero. Right now, we've, we've had a couple since. And there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons. Like, 
at that point, it was a downtime for female comedians in Chicago. For, there just can, weren't a lot. There yeah. weren't a lot. So it's just, you know. And the ones were so good, they were too busy to produce a comedy show. Yeah. The ones, that's, that's a really interesting thing, actually. The, because for every 10 dudes at an open mic, there's one female. And she's I mean, usually the shit. Yeah. Or not that good. Or not good for another year or two. Yeah, right? So because of that, there's like, oh, well, we, everyone's aware. People want women on shows because you get women in the audience. So it's like, oh, shit, we need women. And there's only a handful. Say there's 15 to 20. I mean, I don't know. There's probably more than that. But the percentage of ones that are out there that are good, you're like, all right, these are the cream of the crop. They're going to get so many gigs that they are too busy to produce a regular show. And they're going to they're gonna move out of Chicago quicker. They're going to move to New York or L.A. faster. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, if a guy the, does five years in the city before moving to, you know. But it also has to, it doesn't just have to do with their gender, though. It, it, honestly, like, being the best is in anything is never as important as being only. Yeah. Being best is a fucking awesome. But there's one Michael Jordan. There's one Dennis Rodman. Rodman is probably more famous and probably more wealthy than Scottie Pippen. Yeah, maybe. Jordan is the best. Rodman wasn't only. I got what you're saying. Yeah, there's, there was no one else like Dennis Rodman. Like he was, I got, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no one else like Michael Jordan either, but I mean. Right. I mean. I know what you're saying. When you're the best, when you're the best, you are an only. Yeah, but but I I hear only being only is just as important and easier to do than being best. So if you're one white dude amongst a sea of white dudes, you better be fucking awesome. Yeah, that's true because it's harder for you to stick out. Right, it's harder to stick out. So you better be like Kumail in that group. He was fucking awesome, but. How many other like Pakistani, like Middle Eastern comics were there at that point in time? When like in the middle of like the Iraq War, do you know what I mean? That yeah, like he stood out for both. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. No, Camille. Camille was a beast. Yeah, he was awesome. He's still, he was, he was crushing. Yeah, I mean he's still crushing. I think he's I, more of acting than stand up. I haven't seen like a big special or anything about him going on tour or coming out. I feel like now he's more like writing, acting like movies, he's like a movie star now. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Stuber. Yeah. Yeah. He was in a movie with a pro wrestler. They had one of the dumbest titles of a movie I've ever heard. The big sick. It was another one he started. Yeah. The That's big a... sick. Uh, that was, it was his wife won a, uh, no, what'd she win for that or nominated? They were nominated for uh screenplay. Yes. But they didn't win. Um, he did not, but still nominated. That's, it's crazy. It's just an honor to be nominated. I mean, you know, it was my show. I had him booked to do. Remember, I had that show Thunder Comedy when I was starting out. I do at, remember at Briscoe's Bistro. Yeah, you had done it. Yes. Um, Kumail had done like the second one I did, and it was like packed when he, when he was there. They weren't for him. They were. It was just packed, and he was there, and he killed. And everyone loved him. Like people went up after him, going, "Do you have anything to sell?" Like they, that's how much they loved him. Yeah. And so I'm like, a few months later, I was like, "Hey, I'm going to do a show where I'm having like the three most popular people I've had." for the first 10 shows on one show do you want to do it and he was like absolutely yeah it's such a great time on your show 
And then he like no called, no showed. And I was like, what the fuck? And then eventually he like sent me a message saying, I'm so sorry. My girlfriend was like, went to the hospital and was super sick or whatever. Whoa, really? Yeah, swear to God. Wow. I, yeah. I, I was already in L.A., and I and I heard that she had pneumonia, which ended up not being true. But yeah, that was that whole thing. Yeah, was... this would have been June, May or June of no, it was in March. No, it would have been, been sometime in two thousand seven. So I can't remember what date in two thousand seven. Oh, wild! See, I thought I was in L.A. already. No, I think you were because you left summer of 07, right? Yeah, like September. Yeah. Now this happened in that time period. You'd have been still around, man. Yeah, it's, all, it's just real blurry. Yeah, I mean... I remember her being 12 sick. 12 years ago. Yeah, I remember her being sick. Big sick. And I remember Ray Romano being her dad. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But I mean, like, so I want... This is what I would like to have happened. And I'm not saying what's gone on the last few years wasn't necessary. I'm not saying that at all. But... They went really you- far. They went really far one way so it could come back to the, to to like a better... To, to, so to a better point. middle. Yes. In yes, a way. Yes. Yes. Where, like in 2011, when you guys formed Blurreds, I don't think anyone thought, unfucking believable They right. just men? How right. could they do that? I don't think anyone right. thought it was intentional. Right. And now it'd be nice that if in the future of a, of a group of people got together, they wouldn't be thinking, what the fuck? How could you guys not think of having these other people involved? Right. They wouldn't think that. They would think, oh, they're, these are just a group of friends and... This is who they all thought would work best. You know what I mean? That, and, and honestly, the like, we want, isn't it? If we got to sacrifice Aziz Ansari along the way to be like, hey, maybe don't be a piece of shit on your date. You know, that's good too. Sure. I, th- I think, like, I end, thought there was other stories about him that were supposed to come out. People say all kinds of shit. Yeah, because remember that the, the story that did come out, people were like, okay, that wasn't that. She seems like she, I mean, that he was bad, but. This isn't a story, you know? Right. And I Seriously, remember... women I know were like, what the fuck? She's an idiot. That was a bad day. This is a bad day. This is not part of the Me Too movie. I, I knew people who were like staunch feminists who were like, he's probably a piece of shit, but this story is not good for our cause. They were yeah. upset about that, you know? Right, right, right. But that probably helped some people to be like, oh, don't uh, stick your finger in a claw-like formation into a woman's mouth on a oh, date. Oh, totally. I think it helped people in the sense that it's like, yeah, that this is a horrible way to try to get laid. <laughs> Who sticks their hand in someone's mouth like that? What are you, mankind from 1998? <laughs> the mandible Clyde. He wasn't trying to get laid. I just want to be clear that mankind That's was just true. trying to finish the match. He was. He was a great wrestler. Mick Foley. Yeah. He's not dead. I don't know why I said it was like he's dead. He's still alive. Everyone. Well, he's not. He's right? not. He's not wrestling. No, he's not wrestling. Uh, yeah, but a lot of... Dudes at that point, if you recall, were like, I don't even know what, what can you do on a date? And it's like, yeah, but also you might think twice on your fucking date to not, uh, I don't know, take your dick out at the restaurant and be like, so, uh, yeah, or, or what? I mean, if you can't take your dick out, of, I mean, I'm glad I'm married. Being single sounds awful right now. <laughs> you can't whip your dick out of restaurants. <laughs> I mean, what are I mean, yeah. we, we, we learned how to walk straight. Like, you know, we climbed out of the ocean for this shit thousands right. of years ago, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago. No, I mean, I think the average person knows how to act. They do. And a lot of this shit is just, we have to remind ourselves that Twitter is not real life. Fucking eight, almost 80% of Americans 
don't have a Twitter account. So the shit we hear, that's what they fucking do now. Do you remember this? Thing? You know what's, you know what's, this... you know what's real life though? TikTok. TikTok. Oh, TikToks. I got, I, I have to download TikTok, don't I? No, I don't want to. I don't no, want you, it, so I don't I, have I, to. I don't want the Chinese having my information. Is that what happens? The Chinese takes it? I don't don't we have to just accept the fact that we live in a world where there is no privacy? Dude, fucking Bernie Bryce killed me yesterday. Uh, Pat Bryce is dead. Bernie, he's just, his Facebook status was, that's it. I am so done with TikTok. It's <laughs> <laughs> funnier that he's like a 68-year-old man or whatever. Fucking, fucking shit killed 65. me. He's actually uh, really funny on Facebook, Bernie Bryce. Doesn't he, isn't he Hugo Fuck Yourself? Uh, I think he's Bernard Bryce now. Oh, okay. For a while, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want him to yell at me like, "Why are you putting my name on the fucking Joe's thing?" Like, I don't want followers. But- well, Bernard, if you listen, I'm a, I'm a fan, man. That I've only had one or two conversations with him, but uh, always made me laugh. He's when, fucking like, funny online, and it's like, oh, I guess Patty got it from somewhere. Of course, I feel like every funny person I know is a funny dad. Is your dad not funny? Oh yeah, he's got great dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, man. My dad's hilarious. I steal jokes from my dad constantly. How much? Hey, give me a glass of scotch. How much do you want? Two fingers. Straight down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my dad doesn't really do dad jokes per se. My dad is fucking well, after Hillary. My dad is famous for being anti-technology. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have a cell phone. Never has had a cell phone. Really? Um, yeah, I swear to God. Doesn't have an email. Buys books um, at stores. No, he goes to the library still. Oh, even and he buys better. books in stores, but he goes. He actually still goes to the library regularly and buys books in stores. He has a landline. Yeah, landline. How do you get in touch with him if he's not in his house? I can't. I can't. No, he has an answering machine. Yeah, I mean, he gets I don't home, leave voicemail though. He he's gets home, ID. He puts his keys on his counter and plays his voicemails. Like he doesn't play voicemails. People don't call. Like his friends <laughs> won't leave voicemails. <laughs> So he's he, been retired since he was 50 years old, and he's 64 he now. He comes for home years. and listens to his answering machine like Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's stuck in the 90s. Um, no, he's just not into it. But after when Hillary lost, he, he looked around the room, and, or like I wasn't there. We looked around the room going, see, this is why I don't have an email. <laughs> uh, he doesn't have an email? Nope. How do you find him? I called house. He's home. I know when he's home. <laughs> He was retired it, at 50. Was he a firefighter? He Chicago, no, he worked for the Chicago Park District. Oh, Park District. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, once you hit your third so, years with a city job like that, you might as well retire because you maxed out your pension. Like you won't get more than 75% of what you made. Does he appreciate socialism? Um, yeah, but he'd be smart enough not to call it that because, you know, he worked, he worked with dumb people all the time. When you work with dumb people, you know how to paraphrase shit. They all got paychecks. We already so, have, so, so. by the way, anyone listening, we already have had socialism. We Social have, security. We, we have a mixed economy. We've always had a mixed economy and a mixed economy is good, but we actually have to hold people on the top accountable for the way they've been fucking benefiting off the rest of us. They've been benefiting and basically fucking economically raping the people below them and making you think, oh, what the fuck, man? You're going to vote for these people? They'll never let you become a billionaire as if you were going to anyway. Yeah, you, you wouldn't I mean? be listening. They, they're not. If you're a billionaire, if you're going to be a billionaire, you're not listening to this podcast. No, you're not. out. You're out there inventing a thing everyone uses. Yeah, like here's the thing: a lot of billionaires too are just people for family money that just came into it. You know? Do I yeah. think are, the nice part about capitalism is you can, if you work hard and save up money, start a business or do something like that, or and and rise up ranks 
and get yourself out of a bad situation. I've known people who have personally grown up poor and are now like upper middle class. That's a nice thing, of course. But you could achieve that without stepping on the throats of people beneath you. You know what I mean? Um, and people forget that all the time. Like, okay, let's say you own a business. Don't you think your customer? What if your customers had a little bit more spending money? Don't they think yes. they'd spend more money at your fucking business? Yes, because money trickles up, people. It doesn't trickle down. No matter how many times they make you think it does. No, money that trickles has up. Never worked. The, the trickle down economics has never, never worked in the history. Never, of it. no scenario has that ever worked. Ever. If you There's want like nothing. If you want people. If you want customers and everything in this hypothetical business that you own, the man, I don't know. So more more than it. it's moral capitalism. I call it moral capitalism. I renamed it. Okay. I know Elizabeth Warren's trying to rename it something too. But like, look, the word socialism has got so much negative around it. Instead of doing what me and you hypothetically did for the last half hour, which is explaining a dirty word to someone, why not just change the fucking word and save everyone the time? I know why communism is bad or or has a bad name. And I know why they tried to stick socialism um, and make it seem like it's the same thing. Do you think, how much of it do you think it has to do with Lee Harvey Oswald being a Marxist or it's just that it was generally the cold war at the time. I think it was generally the cold war at the time, but you might not be wrong. You know what I think it is though, too. Um, It's just anything that scares people away from give that. Like it's such a, um, an interesting concept. I remember, I think it was in a documentary. Um, it's funny because we mentioned James Carville earlier today who had, he was Bill Clinton's campaign manager or one of his managers in 92 when he ran and which you wanted to focus on the economy. And he said, it's the economy, stupid. I think he wrote a book called it's the economy, stupid, which is a line you used earlier. Yes. He talked about how, if we just go issue by issue, the democratic party will win every election. But when you break it down to this, raise taxes or cut taxes it's always 50 50 and it tends to lean republican because no matter what the average person goes no i want to keep more of my money i don't want enough i don't want a new tax i want to keep more of my money please come on do i want universal health care yes but i want to keep more of my money do i want better education yes but i want to keep more of my money because people don't that's where people don't actively see where their money goes like the infrastructure is garbage it's been they, crumbling for a long time, yes. They know that teachers don't get paid fucking anything. But flat screen televisions have gone down in price. Well, isn't that because of uh, sweatshop labor in China making it? Yes, but they th- what they see is purchasing power. Oh. I'm serious, man. I'm, I'm, being, I'm not making a joke right now. I think this is – I'm trying to figure out why. Well, what do you mean? They, it's a hilarious joke. I know it is. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out why people are just blind to certain things. Because like right there's now, no, the because if you keep hearing the same thing over and over again, you fucking believe it. And no one is, no one is on TV who's going to defend this shit. So Bernie Sanders in a 10 second clip is all you fucking hear until he goes on Joe Rogan and explains it. And then 26 million people go, oh, like their minds were blown. Read the comments on Bernie's fucking YouTube clip. People's minds are fucking blown. Yeah, because he's the only person that they that is publicly says that he's a socialist. I guess now AOC, who's just nothing but vilified. But also, he even says he even says I'm a democratic socialist, which for the people listening, there is a difference. And I think he uses that to separate from the socialist countries that have failed. Oh, the your listeners, have, 
Are your listeners going to get real steamed about the stuff I'm saying? No, I have no I Honestly, dude, I don't even know what my listeners like or dislike. Okay. I don't. I, 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 I get, I mean, I get feedback from people, but it's usually positive. Yeah, yeah. People listen to my podcast. If they didn't like it, would stop listening. They want to tell me they hate it. And here's why. I don't think, here's the thing. I don't think I'm better than anybody. I like sports and I think that more than six people should have money. How's that? Yeah, it's pretty simple. And Bernie, when he was on Joe Rogan, even said, I think when someone gets sick, they shouldn't have to go bankrupt over it. I That's, think if we're the greatest country in the world, we should be able to take care of our citizens when they're at their most vulnerable. That sounds right to me. A lot of the arguments that they It's made, a moderate position as far as I'm concerned. It's a centrist position as far as I'm concerned. Because 70% of Americans believe in universal health care. Right. So why, why is it still radical come election time? Because, because the, they be, scare you into thinking your doctor's not going to take care of you anymore and all this other There's bullshit. a lobby that is, I forget the name of it now, uh, but they've pumped so much money into all of these candidates and you can go online and read their talking points and like you can just listen to like Amy Klobuchar say it or Pete Buttigieg say it or the announcers or the moderators saying it to these candidates because like all these fucking people get money from them. Yeah. And so like the like if you pay more taxes for healthcare and you get like and your but your costs of healthcare go down, like your overall cost goes down. Like let's say that you pay a dollar for healthcare, but your healthcare costs you $10,000. Instead of paying, let's say that you pay the Democrats are just fucking Republican lights. And it's and like in and they say things like, Yeah, the that healthcare might work for Scandinavia, but what about a country that has money? <laughs> I mean, well, what the fuck? It's so stupid. Like, here's the thing. Uh we need it to be more equal. It's more than six people should have money. The fact that three people have half the money is fucking just bonkers. Three dudes have half the money. I know. And you just said, though, a few sentences ago that everything's terrible. If you polled the average person, they wouldn't think that. Do you know why? It goes back to my previous point. Flat screen televisions are cheaper now. Okay. They don't know why they're cheaper. They don't care why they're cheaper. Fair. They, They go, ooh, this TV show looks better now. And that's the problem that is being had right now. I know why it's happening. I know why there's the distraction and all this. They think that's just how, like, they don't income inequality to them. They think the economy is, when Trump's going to run on it, if if the economy is, right, we're almost a year away from the election. Right. Well, we're we're pretty close to, like, Iowa is in, like, less than 100 days. So people are going to start voting. Yes. So, but even think about the general, whoever it is, whoever runs from the Democrats, if the economy stays the same right now, a year from today, He's going to be running on a good economy. That is some that is some media like talking point bullshit. Do you know how many people are just driving Uber and driving for? Um, most people's jobs are bringing shit to rich people. Yeah, I know the gig economy. Yeah, there's there's a, that's the thing. Like, hey, we've unemployment's down, but people are working multiple jobs. Yeah, like, if which was we were guilty of that under uh, Obama too. Um, it's just like, hard to it's just hard to rag on Republicans for voting like who aren't rich for voting for like their abortion stuff 
being like, why are you voting against your interest? And then people going to vote for like Pete Buttigieg unless they have like a billion dollars. Like everything's going to keep like. So Donald Trump, this is the message from most of the Democrats. This is why it's garbage. Donald Trump is worse than Hitler and the devil combined. So what we need to do is make minor fixes around the edges. So it's like, what? So he's horrible. And to fix it, we need little tiny incremental changes. Yeah. Well, basically a lot of what he does, but the person is going to sound like a president. They're going to say all the right things about all the right, about all the minorities. Okay. And, and pretend to fight to get you things that you think you want or that you do want, but not, you know what I mean? So, 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 um, everything stays the same except for, uh, R and D right. Republican versus Democrat. I mean, I don't know. Right. And that's what people are fucking sick of. That's what people are fucking sick of. Look at 2000. They were the exact, they ran as the exact same dude. And that was the SNL sketch was just Bush saying some dumb shit. And then Al Gore going, I agree. Yeah. They fucking tied because they, they, they were the they same. They tied because they were the same person. <laughs> that, that's a <laughs> funny way to put it. Because every, because those corporations, they have a little tiny window of what is allowable. And they give a little bit of money here and a little bit of money here. And so they're all saying the same shit until somebody who you want to hear what somebody who doesn't get uh, corporate money on an issue sounds like the Democrats don't get money from the fucking NRA. So they actually speak their mind about that. That is that is a fucking fact. Look That's at how, good point. Look at how they talk about the NRA because none of them get a dime from the NRA. Now – Look at how they talk about healthcare compared to like who gets some. I mean, and granted, I this is coming from a person who's getting all of their money from an insurance company right now for being in a fucking commercial. And I my podcast has, you know, like if a sponsor wanted to have me say shit, I would fucking say it. I'm poor, but <laughs> but it's like I have a lot of choices, and it's just. Everybody is un- like everybody understands that money controls everything, and they don't really have a say. And so many people didn't fucking vote the last time. I think that Bernie, the way that, I think that the way to combat a populist message on the right is with a populist message on the left. I think that Bernie has like a lot of the people that like Trump on trade, the people that that switched from Obama to uh, Trump. It, from 2012 to 2016, did that because he talked about trade. He said that NAFTA was bullshit and and stuff like that. And a lot of people didn't vote before. So a lot of people do like his racism. A lot of people are just uh, always going to vote Republican. But Yeah, they'll vote whoever has the R next to the name. A lot of people are like that, yeah. but Yeah, a lot of people like that for the Democrats. Democrats could have but Bernie, say a bunch of stupid shit and they'll vote for no matter what too. So I don't even poor, like to give Republican shit for that. Poor Republicans, economically, they're not scared of socialism. They're just not. They're, they believe – they're not scared of the policies of socialism. I should reword it in a, in a way that makes they, – they like like populist – do you know what I mean? Like 
what was Trump's health care plan? It's going to be better and cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> but no, there's no plan. He's going to, he doesn't know specifics for anything. Nothing's specific. But that was, but that's what he ran on better and cheaper. Yeah. No, I, I get that. But that's what I'm saying. Like his policies were that they were vague, but they sounded good. Right. They figured they did about the fucking media, dude. Like I try to get this out a little bit earlier. It's brand names. Hillary was the biggest brand name on the left. Trump was the biggest brand name on the right. That's why he was able to roll through all of them because they gave him so much free media. Mm, all the uh, media did was – no, seriously, man. All the media did no, was Jeb talk Bush, about him at length. Jeb Bush was the biggest brand name. No, he was not. Two presidents? Twitter followers. How many did Jeb have versus how many did Trump have? Oh. Facebook likes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was the name. I, Donald same, Trump? The same guy I've been talking to just now told me that Twitter wasn't America. No, but the media covers it. The media covers it because it got The media ratings. covers it. Dude, our industry covers it. Yeah, it got eyeballs. Could, yeah, it's got the eyeballs. same it's reason like, they covered Russia. It's not every – look, it's not everything, Twitter. Like, the, I mean, as far as getting the opinion of the average person, like, Twitter had me believing that there were men foaming at the mouth over the new Ghostbusters. Oh, right, right, right. The world, when I went out into it, told me the very much opposite. Yeah. That dudes who have that mouth-breathing aura about them were like, Melissa McCarthy, I like that fat bra. She's great. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they would still say something dickish. I, yeah. Obviously, I'm a McCarthy fan. I, you know, I'm not giving her shit. But, like, but, they, were, but they were like, they were excited about the movie. You know what right. I mean? Like, that's the difference. But right. as far as it does lead to eyeballs. Jeb Bush, yeah, he's a Bush. Hillary Clinton's a Clinton. But if Tom Hanks were running against her, I would have my money on Hanks being the more known commodity of the two. It's pretty close to who's more famous, Hillary Clinton or Tom Hanks. I mean, I don't know. Oh, um, I would, Hillary Clinton's more famous, but Hanks is going to win. Hanks would have kicked her ass, dude. Come on, Tom <laughs> Hanks is going to. He's going to yeah. fucking win an Oscar for playing well, uh, Mr. Rogers. I don't Hanks know. Would, was Hanks, great. Hanks would beat everybody, but Oprah. Yeah. But during the Republican primaries, obviously there was a lot of stiffs on the Republican side. So much of it was, could we believe he's running? This is so insane that he's even running. They never questioned him. They never even really backed, like fought back against the shit he mm. says. Mm. Watch, a- the, watch the first debate. Watch the first Republican debate. I went back. Did they go after him? Uh, they tried to take him out right then and there. And the media. Fu- the Fox News, including Megyn Kelly, especially Megyn Kelly. Oh, yeah. They yeah, made everybody no, they... raise their hand and promise to not run as an independent, and he refused to raise his hand. Yeah, because because that. Because they got the, – the political establishment in 2016 was wholesale rejected. But they did give him free media. Every day, every time I turn on the news, it was free media, free media, free media. I, that they couldn't shut up it. about it. I, 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 yes. But they got wholesale rejected, all of them. They could have still voted for Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz or they like, I mean, they still but like But also we forget shit, Marco Rubio, things. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz, come on. They, were, they didn't love Ted Cruz. He got second place. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that says a lot in that field, doesn't it? No, I mean, I'm not letting those people <laughs> off the hook either. They like shitty things. Yeah, but like I remember knowing, I'm like, Ted Cruz doesn't. I, I remember one time looking through, th- I thought maybe they would eventually settle on like Rand Paul or Kasich. Yeah, Kasich no, Rand seemed Paul, like. Rand Paul was anti-war. He wasn't going to get it. I forgot Rand Paul's anti-war. But um, and then Kasich was too sensible so was, about immigration. So was Trump. Trump was no. Kasich was too sensible about immigration. Yeah, Trump. 
Yeah, but then he would also do that. I got the biggest dick in the room thing now. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? He Like, literally, he did, yeah. Yeah, he literally said that shit. So I'm just looking at how do you beat somebody like that? How do you win people over? I, it's just, I'm so sick and tired of watching. It's Lucy and um, Charlie Brown with the football. Right. How many times are, are we going to go for the kick when she pulls it away? It's like, I think, I you think know what Bernie I would do? Kick him. her in the face. Yeah, but I Bernie think Bernie could, beat, Bernie could beat him, but Bernie's got to play Bernie's game. Dude, you try to play the Republican game, you're going to lose. If he picks Tulsi as his VP, it's game over. I would agree with that. That, that was my dream ticket at the start of the election. Anything, because Democrats are going to vote for whoever has a D next to their name. Let's be honest. Yes. I'm, I'm going to vote for Pete Buttigieg if he's the nominee. I just am. Yeah. Anything that's against Trump, people are going to vote for. But Bernie gets some of those people who like the, didn't like the trade shit. Bernie can sell people on. It's just it's, he's going to keep to his message. People know what they're getting. He's a safe choice. I think Bernie wins, especially Tulsi. I think Tulsi would be a great pick as VP. I know they're friends. She lost her seat with the DNC because she wanted to back him in 2016. Um, oh, she's they are attractive. To, she's young. He needs someone young to, for sure. They're trying he, to destroy her. I know, which is fucked up. Uh, they, I don't think he picks. I can't have you can't have two seven year olds on the same fucking ticket. I don't know if he wants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she hey, Warren. Warren's seventy, seventy one. He's seventy six. He can't or whatever he is. I've said this on a lot of podcasts, but whatever Warren is doing, everybody should do because she looks fifty. No, she does look younger. I'll give her that. Dude, you know who looked way younger? Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's like the same age as Joe Biden. No. Maybe a few years apart. Mitt Romney was 65 in 2012. So I think he's pretty close. Maybe Biden's a couple years older than him, but they're pretty close to the same age. Goddamn. No alcohol, no caffeine. He's a Mormon. So he would never Uh, be on this podcast. I'm kidding. Um, By the way, Brido doesn't drink, and I support people who don't drink. I've had a lot of sober guests on the podcast, everybody. This podcast is not about promoting alcohol. This is about the type of conversations you have in the pub. I like to have a few beverages. I'm not one of those people that pressures other people into doing it, unless they're a real square, and I feel like it would help their personality. But you, Brido, have not lost a beat with your personality. By the way, (laughs) just so we're clear, I have drank. You have? I thought you quit drinking altogether. No, I'm in my life, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You're not straight So you've had, you've had some 20-somethings on your show? Let me tell you something. I've spent more time drunk in a bar than most of them combined. So <laughs> I know, man. You I, fucking, got, I put in my time. Yeah, dude, you've, you've logged the hours. you put in your 10,000 hours. I don't want to make it seem like, I know Brido's never drank, and so he wouldn't know how to have a conversation at a bar. I meant like there. you don't drink anymore. I should have thrown in the words anymore. I apologize. Like if I ever <laughs> my buddy Mick Bentcourt, who's a friend of yours too, if I ever Mick yes. Bentcourt on the podcast, yes. he is sober, but trust me, has done everything more than any of us could have done. Yes, also true. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, that definitely. Um, yeah, man, for sure though. But like, you know what, man, I think we've had a great conversation on this podcast. I know we didn't really get into other baseball stuff. I think I wanted to get into like more fan reaction type stuff because I've been really annoyed I'm, with fans lately, but uh, we could save I'm, that for our own. I'm curious how this would come across to the average. Uh, one of uh, yeah, to be like, Oh, these fucking idiots. You know what it was, dude, <laughs> going, going into it when I, I, you know, I only, you only agreed to do a few hours ago. So when I texted you about it, I remember thinking this podcast is going to go two routes. 
It's either going to go really fun and silly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. I even thought I had something off the top of my head where I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask Brido about what he thinks about this. And I can't remember what it was. Maybe yeah. it was like, uh, I don't know, maybe it was like Halloween candy related or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, or it was going to go the route it did, which is what we did, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but I thought maybe I'd go toward, towards the silly side. Yeah. A little bit, which is a lot of times in the podcast, we'll just talk about like random shit. And like, like I posted a clip on the Instagram the other day on the Instagram. That's a, that's a dad way to say it. Um, from when I had <laughs> Rena Calm and Ed Towns on the podcast in which Rena was talking about like, you know, men who can't find the clit. And so we were like making fun of like the whole idea of like how these guys don't know where it is. And then Ed Towns at one point said, Hey, there's times where I've lost it during the course of going after it. And we're like, lost it. Where'd it go? You know? And then he was like, it pretended oh, like you, I don't know if you saw it. the clip. I posted the clip. Yeah. I have, um, I've, I've lost it. Yeah. I mean, I get what he was, he was, it was just funny for him to say I lost it. Cause we're like, where the fuck did it go? You know, obviously we know what he meant. Um, but yeah. yeah, so we'll have silly bullshit talk like that. Or, yeah. or we get into some stuff and lately it's been a, Long-time listeners know, and they know I'm trying to get off of it because I don't want it to become like, oh, that's what that podcast is. It's become a theme of talking about what's going on in society in regards to overreaction on social media. Okay. But that's what's what's going on, and I think, you know, sometimes people want to know other – you know, people's hot takes on things. Yeah, no, I, and that's why I felt like there's a few things that you brought up in a good way where I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking good point, you know? Um, I think my gripe that maybe I didn't quite wrap up on with the Shane Gillis thing when I was talking about, like, inappropriate jokes with you, and it, we did get to it, though, because I was talking about, like, in the context of a podcast, I'm worried that podcasts, because podcasting right now is in a great place. I know we're comedians, so we think everybody has one, and there are too many podcasts. But the average American still doesn't regularly consume a podcast. I don't know if you know if you're aware yeah, of that. Yeah. The average well, American still does not regularly consume one. So that's why I think. Let me just. I'm sorry. Let me just I hate get, it. When, I out. hate it. I hate it when people say that there's too many podcasts. Those those people, like that, say that usually don't have a podcast, and it's just like um, they're out of name, touch, though, too. But like, if you actually named all of your friends and like who actually has a podcast, it's actually not that many. It's not, no. And two, I'm performing right now in my living room for more people than I would be at most shows, depending on your listener base. Like, That's true. A, no, no, for sure. A, you, I know my LA. listener base, and you 100% are, and I live in comedy in LA. And, and I'm more, are. and it's more intimate. I'm in their car. I'm at the gym with them. They're yelling at me. What's up, you guys? I know that you got mad at me at least five times. I'm sorry. You might not like me. That's okay. <laughs> but like, or in that moment. But like, it's it's better. I like, no one, I mean, I like people that like my stand-up, obviously. But I also like, people feel okay to hit you up on social media or on Patreon. And you connect if you want to build an audience, there's no better thing almost than podcasts, I think. So I, I agree. And that's why when I first saw the Shane Gillis, and that's what I was getting up with it, I love that podcasting, there's a freedom about it right now. And it's long form and it's intimate. And we mentioned it with Bernie. When Bernie had a 10-second sound bite, the average person's like, fuck this guy. He goes on a podcast with someone who's got an audience in two hours of uninterrupted or an hour and a half or whatever it was. And he gets the message across and people are like, holy shit, this is awesome. Right. I'm worried that because of what happened where this guy, where people went through his old podcast stuff. And yeah, what he said was 
probably dumb, but I don't like the idea that people are going to overanalyze and not point to context where it's like, wait, did this guy's audience know he was joking? What's the rapport? What's the, like, and it's bothering me that with that whole Shane Gillis thing. And again, I got to mention people, I don't know the dude. So I'm not like, this isn't like a boy I'm sticking up for, mm-hmm. um, where I'm like, Hannibal, go ahead on all the buildings you want. You're my buddy. I, I, you know, I'll always have my friend's sides, even if I don't agree with whatever the fuck they're doing i'm, I'm gonna do that I'm, i won't turn you in you know what i mean that's my point that's i my can't point. i can't believe i didn't get hb right away unless you're a rapist or a murderer i'm not turning you in that's my point you rape someone i'm gonna fucking kill you anyway though uh i i my problem with society in that regards is that it's this guy who found the old podcast clips he thinks it's his job to tear people down it happened that iowa story you know mm. the bush light kid the kid who had the science and my bush light supply needs replenishing I did that on the same episode. Though I have an episode uh, with Mike Burns and Mike Holmes where we get into we get into that big. All right, I got to talk about that then. Well, you know, in my intro, I'm going to record. I'll plug your podcast. I don't think I'm not going to plug your podcast. I am going to plug your podcast. Um, I sound this, like a guy who has a book to sell. Yeah. So in <laughs> I chapter mentioned, seven, I mentioned, I mentioned that in my in my podcast. In chapter seven, I said this. Uh, but did you talk about the the Iowa kid with the Venmo thing? Yeah, Carson King is his name. He, the Iowa was playing Iowa State. It was on ESPN Game Day. He stood in front of the camera and said, "Bush lights needs replenished with his Venmo." He started getting a lot of money, like over a million. He got over a million. Then he said, "I'm going to give it all to the Iowa Children's Hospital." He gets over three million dollars. He uh, Bush Light picks up on the story, makes a can. With this dude's face on it that says uh, Iowa legend and then his name. And so he gets a lifetime supply of bush light, which is a big thing in Iowa, and his picture on the can. A guy at the Des Moines Register decides he's going to dig into this guy's Twitter past, finds two tweets, finds finds a racist tweet... And a homophobic tweet from when the dude was 16 years old. The guy thoroughly apologized, the, the Carson King, and said that you know he was really influenced by Tosh.0 and he was making a joke to friends and he's just mortified that that exists and he thoroughly apologizes. Bushlight says, we're, got, we're out, and they take away his whatever, um, his can, his and his, his, they take away his beer. The state of Iowa still names like, uh, you know, he becomes like people double down on their support of him and like hate the register. They dig up shit that the guy from the register has written on Twitter, which is like even worse than this guy. Like, yeah, good. And this guy gets fired from the register. So it backfires uh, bigly on the uh, on the on the on the kid. And I was just mad. Like, why is that someone's instinct? That's my point. Why is it your instinct? You hear about this great story. A kid, a kid finds money. He finds essentially doesn't find it, but he is, that's essentially found money. He didn't earn it, but he gets millions of dollars from a joke poster. Right. And decides to do the right thing with it. We should be encouraging more of that. But instead there was someone out there who's like, nah, there's gotta be a way to take this kid down. Like, let's cancel this kid. Yeah. What a fucking piece of shit. But people, I've heard people stand up for this kid. Uh, and be like, he has some shitty journalism job and he needs a story. And so that's the new story that they know gets eyeballs and everything. And it did. 
Well, that's another thing that we have to go after then, that that's a fucked up form of journalism. And we should demand better as a society and as a fucking people who support a free press. I think that's just, I mean, a free press, I guess you have people get torn down for, I don't know, just fucked up. But like, people, I mean, Bushlight pulled out. They have to. They're a company. <coughs> but, no, they don't, though. They could have taken a stand and said, hey, we don't agree with what he said when he was 16, but he's apologized and he's doing a great thing now. So no, they didn't fucking have to. Anheuser Bush did not have to back down. So I'm getting fed up. I'm just fucking, it's annoying me that we just blindly accept this shit, even though you know, we know the, it's wrong. The cost benefit analysis of their support versus their quiet departure. Okay, well, now I'm not a capitalist. Fuck that. You just got me off of it because they that's can't capitalism. Fucking... That's capitalism. Yeah, that is capitalism. It is. They're a company, but at the same time, gutless. Do you think? Do you think Shane Gillis has more money right now than he used to, or less money? I think he has more money. Probably, maybe not as much if he would have gotten SNL. I don't really care, like, about him getting SNL or not. I just don't. It's just weird to be like at noon. Hollywood Reporter and Deadline announced that here are the three new SNL hires. 45 mm-hmm. minutes later, this guy goes, not so fast. Look at what I found. You know what I mean? Right. And, did, and did, he, did he go after the other two or did he really want Shane? You know? And, again, I'm not Someone had a – What he said was probably stupid and all that shit. But it, I just think as a culture, it's fucked up to be like, oh, this great thing happened to someone. Now I have to tear him apart. I, I don't know. Right. You can't cancel somebody unless they're – Something. Like, unless they got a show, you know? Yeah. Dude, Olajuwon threw out the first pitch to Drexler. That's pretty dope. That's pretty fucking awesome. I didn't know that. Why is that's... Clyde Clyde Drexler? Is, I guess you associate him with... He went to oh, University of Houston. right. Five slam a jamma. I'm sorry. I'm slow. Yeah. yeah he played thinking, for the Rockets, but he went there, too. I was thinking Rockets. Yeah. Five slam a jamma. God damn it. I'm stupid. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, they, thinking... got upset. they got upset by that dude who um, gives that speech that they always the, the cancer speech. Jimmy Vivino. Jimmy Valvan. Jimmy Val. Jimmy V. Jimmy V. Yeah. Never. I just said I'm Woody. You hear that? I just said I'm Woody from Toy Story, everybody. Ooh. We did it. We stopped the robbery. <laughs> hey, who's got my hat? Yeah, it's Woody. All right. Yeah, sorry. I got a lot of Toy Story toys in this house. <laughs> Right. Are you a Toy Story fan? Uh, <clears throat> I don't. Uh, I don't know. Yes, that's a good answer. I don't know if I've. I've. I saw one with my nephew. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, when uh, Disney Plus comes out, and you will give your money to Disney Plus, you no. can watch all the Toy Stories. Am I going to be fucked? I haven't seen all of the Avenger movies. Uh, do I need to get that to be able? to I see haven't them? either, man. Uh, well, yeah, they'll be on there. They won't be on Netflix. Dude, Disney owns everything. You're going to actually pay for how it, much? Man. How much time do I have? God damn. Dude, it's only going to be six ninety nine a month. Capitalism. Capitalism. That's why, I mean, capitalism. Well, what, should Disney give us two for free? I don't know, man. But I also don't think that seeing a superhero movie starring Minority makes me some sort of political activist who voted or something. Yeah, it's dumb, too. <laughs> it was a good movie. It was okay. It wasn't great. It got nominated for an Oscar because they were like, you have to. You yeah. have to. I know. <laughs> There's that South Park where Cartman is the only one who will admit that it's not all that good. Yeah. <laughs> That's just amazing. Someone made a good point about it. I don't know who it was. I came across some article where they were like, there's this notion that Americans don't want offensive comedy when the 
the money behind it says opposite. Like the most popular TV shows, not the most popular, but some of the most popular shows are super offensive. You got like uh, South Park, Family Guy, it's always sent in Philadelphia. The comedians that are selling the most tickets are do offensive-ish material, like, you know, Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr. And the audience score, too. On the Rotten Tomatoes audience score, the audiences are like, this is amazing. The critics hate it. Right. So it's like right now there's a weird disconnect between what people like and what the industry slash critics like. You know, it's, Because it's you can't – all the smart people got real stupid when it comes to reviewing things. All pieces of art are now only reviewed by is it woke enough I just think it's yeah. I think it's an over an overcorrection. Is that what I'm saying? I hope I don't this know. is a phase, and that yeah, the overcorrection brings it like like we were saying with the other stuff. It makes yeah. the center in a better place. Yeah, you know because totally. Uh, I want to be able to do comedy. Well, it's like what well, baseball going on right now. Remember, everyone all of a sudden went to the three outcomes. And now people are like, yeah, we probably should get a couple contact hitters in the middle there, don't you think? Right, right. We should mix in a few. Yeah. Let's, that's what it's kind of it all goes. See, dude, that's why I love sports. You could use an analogy from sports for fucking everything. Yeah. You know, you really can't. I mean, for everyone, baseball was all home runs or strikeouts from every hitter. People were like, ah, strikeouts don't matter. It's just another way. To, it's just an out. And now people are like, damn it, man. We'd have run our third with one out. If that dipshit would have popped it up, we could have gotten a run in it. Not a right. pop-up, but a fly ball or a ground ball. You know what I'm saying. Right. Um, but, yeah, so it's interesting. So right now it's kind of like uh, we're for trans rights. They deserve every right that everyone else has. But I don't know if someone who's 6'6 and had a dick a week ago should be playing in the same sport as these little girls. You know what I mean? Or did I go the other way with it too far for you? Maybe you did. But <clears throat> I was talking to that professor, and I'm looking forward to having her on the show and I'll, on my podcast. And I'll, I'll tell you how it goes. But she asked her about that one. I'm that asking one I her about the tweet that I think you made me aware of where the trans Oh, yeah, woman you would find out that one. Well, she I already talked to her about it once. And this is because like, she was like, yes, you are, a tr- you are transphobic. If that is the only reason that you won't, and it's because, like, you're like she, she had to, she had me in a way where I was like I got it for like a few minutes, but then like I lost it, so I wanted to be able to get it back. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, what, I got what, you. What the argument was because it was like a gender and sexuality are different things, and if you agree that gender that whatever, she had me. I don't. I just wanted to explain to me uh, okay. by by a smart person and a person who I feel comfortable asking. And I have a joke about this now because, like, I feel like I can't ask any questions without people getting mad at me for not knowing. Yeah, that part's annoying too. Uh, so I feel like my mom in the eighties when we got a TV with a remote. And she would ask how it worked, and we would fucking freak out on her. And it's like, here's the thing. My mom wasn't anti-remote. Yeah. She didn't have an anti-remote agenda. She just wanted to know how it worked. Well, ask her this one for me, because I think I try to, you know, if I ever come across someone who's like, no, if you're a man, you're born a man. No, because, like, there's stories of people being born with their organs on the outside of their body. It's incredibly rare. No, there was a, there's a comic in Chicago with that. 
Was uh, there? Yeah, he played poker with Steve-O, worked with him. He, he passed away, but yeah, uh, a dude, I can't think of his name. I'm not well, we'll talk about it after, after. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So if that could happen, I could 100% buy into the fact that a, ma- like a male body could be born with a female brain. That's essentially what it is. They're born with, like, they're like, I have a female brain, but I'm in this male body. I never felt like myself because I think I was in the wrong, but, you know, that I 100% that, that, you know, that I believe that that's plausible. So when they say, no, I'm a she, I call them by a she, I respect that. And yeah, so other people should respect that too. Uh, But the one thing though, that I don't really get, and maybe you could dive into this with her is there have been stories left and right. And a lot of times it's not even the athlete's fault. There's a story of someone in Texas that won, like they had, they made them compete with the, the women, even though they were like, I, I shouldn't be competing with them, but they made them. So they're setting all these records basically like in women's cross country. Um, but it's like, I could, could be, I'd rather compete with the men, even though now I have a vagina, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's interesting. Like, Cause if you, if just, yeah. body part, it's just different physically, you know? There are these women who've worked their whole their asses off, and the, the records are getting shattered. It's not even like, oh, they beat it by a fraction of a second. Like they're they're, they're shattering these records. Yeah, like and it's how not does... going the other way. You know what I mean? The gender reversal the other way is that they're not breaking records, but the males transitioning to becoming women. You also are, don't are breaking the records. I also am I crazy? I never hear anything about trans men. Yeah, you really don't. You don't hear a lot about it. Like, there's not. It's only men transitioning to women you hear about. Yeah, you only hear about. You don't hear about drag kings. <laughs> I mean, That'd be it's, funny. That'd be a new genre, man. But I mean, it's like, yeah, women get to wear better things than we do <laughs> or whatever. But like, because yeah. like, what would even a drag king be? Like a big, like Yosemite Sam mustache. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Just like over the top masculine, like fucking the flannel flannel shirt you could find. Scars. I don't know. I, I, don't, know, like. I don't know what a drag king would look like. Yeah, I don't. You just don't hear about it. It is interesting, but like I was wondering because people keep talking about how trans people are getting murdered. And I'm like, who are people just murdering from their trans? A lot of it's they go on dates and then the, the dude finds out like, oh, you lied to me, and then they freak out and kill him. Which is are you serious? Oh, that's geez. what that's one one of the things I read. I mean, some of it's targeting because people are assholes. You know, some rednecks driving around going like, oh, there's a he she or whatever insulting thing they would call him. I'm not saying I would call someone that. You know, don't obviously saying what they would, were thinking. Um, and yeah, it's, it's unfortunate shit like that. Do you know, because I, 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 I was looking up the research because I was curious. They estimate 700,000 people in the United States are trans. Do you know what that comes out to as a percentage? Wait, 700,000? Wait, there's 200 million something people. Almost, there's over 300 million. In the United States? Yes. Wow. What's the percentage? US is over 300 million. It's 0.000. I, got, I could keep going. 700,000 out of 300 million. Like, if you had 300 million dollars, uh-huh. you lose $700,000 in your couch cushions and you don't care. You don't notice. Wow. I mean, that's really like, think about how much money $700,000 is. Wait, I. It's a lot of money, but compared to 300 million, it's not. I can't do the math. It's oh, like my, it's, my wife is looking at me like, how long are you going to be on this podcast? Oh, shit. We've been on too long. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, this is interesting, though. So, but here's the thing, man. Like, I'm not, I'm only bringing that up because it was, it's a curious number. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't use it. It's not, a, I didn't bring up the population of trans people as any kind of point to anyone. I just still, brought it up because it's interesting. Still, it's still a substantial number of people. 
Well, yeah, it's 700,000 people that deserve to be treated with respect. That's like, of course, every, I don't give a fuck about Des Moines. There's only 700,000 people. Yeah. It's, sure. a lot of, I, it's a lot it's of people. A lot of, yeah, it's still a lot of people. It's, I got to stop sitting on that toy. But it's, uh, it's, it's still a lot of people, but it's definitely super small percentage of uh, the population. It's also America. If that person wants to fucking, if somebody wants to do something, like, that, like change their gender, they should go for it. Because it's America, and that part of it's great. You could do all that kind of shit that you couldn't do in other countries. Don't you? Sure don't you can't even, be trans in Saudi Arabia. Actually, you can. Maybe not really? Saudi Arabia. Yes, there's nothing in the Quran about that. So I know at least in Iran, they made a thing. I saw a vice on this. Huh. That a lot of gay men will become, will transition to women. So as to not die. But they can't be gay. Yes, but there's it's a loophole. That's, it, it's that's an interesting. Episode of Vice. Look it up. Or look, I'll up, look it up. Look up trans okay Iran. All right, cool. I'll check I'll check it out. Trans okay Iran. And All send right. me some screenshots. Yeah, I can't wait to see what list I get on for Googling that. Oh, All right, Brido. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll plug away everyone. He's got a podcast called Hunk with Mike Bryanstein. Definitely subscribe to that. It's available everywhere you look at listen to podcasts. Rate, review it. Tell your friends about it. He, um, he's got a really great concept where he talks to people about their field of expertise or their favorite thing, essentially. Yes. Yeah, so here's the thing. I like things. I know that you like to make fun of me, but you also like things. That's why we get along. We both like the Cubs. We both like baseball. We both stick up for baseball. Most of my social media is people who just hate shit, which yeah. is fine. But also, you should like shit. I don't think that you can tell me what you hate without also telling me what you like. And I agree. Like what you like, and don't let anybody fucking tell you that that you shouldn't, unless they have valid points, like me and Joe. Yeah. Here's a silly thing. I rediscovered the album "16 Stone" by Bush. Oh and my it's god! Pretty good. Glycerine was at the gym the other day. It was on, and no one didn't love it. Yeah, I remember. Like, there was a time when people were like that band Bush sucks, and I just kind of thought, like, oh, I guess Bush isn't popular anymore. And then I was on a road. I did uh, Dr. Grins. If anyone in the Grand Rapids uh, who saw me at Dr. Grins is listening, thanks for listening to an almost three-hour podcast. And you're at this point, you guys are the best. <laughs> Where we talk um, about socialism and trans yes, people. Yeah, you could pass those two issues. Uh, and uh, which I Chelsea am for. Hood, which I am yes. for. Chelsea Hood drove, and she's like, I got an old, she only has CDs in her car. She's like an old CD case book that you have for your car, and I'm going through it. That's what and I have. Some good stuff like, you know, Tom Petty's Greatest Hits and some other stuff. And then I came across some 90s stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, Bush, 16 Stone. I haven't heard this in forever. Popped it in, and I'm like, damn, this is pretty damn good. You make me want to go listen to that. It's fucking good. I mean, you could definitely hear the Nirvana influence even more so now. Yeah, yeah. And our huge Nirvana fans. I mean, I knew it back then when I was like 11 and that album came out, but like. It's British Nirvana. Now you could hear it. It really was British Nirvana. How many legit hits are on that album? Um, everything Zen is the opening track that's yes. legit hit, even though yeah. the lyrics are a little weird. Um, little things. Yep. Little things have some, I like little things a lot. That might be my favorite song. Yeah. Come down. I don't um, want to come back down from this. Cl- yes, exactly. Glycerine. Okay, huge. And machine head. That's got five. a machine a head. Yep. 
got a cool riff. And then there's a couple other songs where you're like, this is a good song. But breathe I mean, like, in. What was like, breathe in, breathe out. What was that? Yeah. One? Breathe in. That's Machine Head. Machine Head. Yeah. Got a machine head. Dude, that, that is not. Than the rest. I mean, if Ellen had been sitting next to that bush, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, I wanted to be that dude for a couple years there. Cool as fuck hair. Gavin Ross. Like a widow's peak. Yeah, a widow's peak, kind of curly and wavy. Like, really cool looking. Dude, at buff arms. He was banging Gwen Stefani. When she mattered. Yeah, when she was like a legit, like, cool person in rock, not like some fucking pop star bullshit that she yeah. is these days. Yeah. Dating a country singer. Ugh. Anyway, right. all right, dude, see, this is the stuff we're going to talk about the whole time. I'm going to edit this podcast. Everyone's going to take forever, but I'll get it done. Uh, Bridal, thanks so much for uh, doing Killian's Pub. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Me. Hey, everyone. This one is for my Chicago listeners. The legendary Zany's Comedy Club will be hosting a competition sponsored by Blue Chew. That's right. That's the gum that makes your dick go woo-woo. On November 9th, 24 comedians will be competing to be one of six finalists to win $2,500 in cash prizes. $2,500 for a comedian on the up? That's like six months of rent. I swear it is. Get your tickets to the pre- uh, preliminaries. Damn it. Why? They had to throw that word in. I mean, you know, they know I'm bad with three-syllable words. On November 9th, that's right, three shows to choose from, 7, 9, 11, 15, or be a badass and go to all three of them. That's right, it's $25 tickets at zanies.com. Follow them on Instagram for updates at Zanies Chicago. It is a legendary comedy club in which you can see me, your boy Joe Kilgallen. I'll be there that whole week, November 4th through the 10th. I'll be there that Sunday. I won't be there that Saturday because it's competition going on, and I'm too good for competitions, Right? No, that's not the case at all, actually. I'm being a dick. No, it's, um, it's going to be a great thing, so you guys definitely check that out.